Welcome back into another episode of Red Zone Talk. I am Owen Burke, joined alongside by my good friend, Tim Hunt. Episode 5, and officially, hopefully, as long as everything goes well in the editing process, yeah. the first official episode on video for you guys. So On, on video. We're, we're, we've made it to the big leagues here. <clears throat> we talked about it in episode 1. took us four episodes for me to get my stuff together enough to make it happen. So... Not too bad. Um, but yeah, we're on video now. Um, so make sure you're following us on Instagram. I did post our TikTok page on our Instagram. So we Ooh, will yeah. have some short form videos of, of this kind of broken up on TikTok. Um, YouTube page is coming soon. I'd tell you the name of the YouTube page. It hasn't been made yet. So nah. um, probably will be some iteration of Red Zone Talk. But it'll be added to all of our link trees. So once that gets made, uh, just keep keep an eye eyes peeled for that. So. A lot of stuff on the way, man. Got a lot of stuff to do, a lot of yeah. stuff to, to talk about. So it is. It's wanna... gonna be gonna be different. A little bit of a change, hopefully. Hopefully a good change though. I'm I'm pretty excited about it. So yeah. you get to see get some... our random rooms. Yeah, I gotta get some football decor up in my mother in law's office. I might have yeah. to replace the sunflower. Just those two, put some Raven stuff up there and call it good. Yeah, maybe if I wasn't a hoarder of golf equipment, yeah. my office would look a little neater, but you know how that goes. So you're running a business back there, okay? That's what that is. Yeah, so not anymore. It's just become Tim's collection. <laughs> I'm just garbage. hoarding. <laughs> I'm just hoarding at this point. And it was it was like an excuse for a while, but now I'm just I don't I don't know if I have much listed. It's just all it's all for me. Just hold it. But anything else you want to talk about before we jump into trivia here? No, like you said, uh, Red Zone Talk on Instagram, right? Still get to me on Twitter, Owen underscore Burke there. Fan questions, anything you guys want. We can talk about it. You can sit here and look at me while we talk about it, right? You can see how red my face gets when talking about certain teams and head coaches and stuff. And it's going to be a lot of fun, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. It is. It's going to be, it's going to be good. All right, I got you a, a topical one here. Um, oh. I don't know. I don't know how. I'm not in the huge uh, news cycle here, but okay. there's there's rumors floating around about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Not sure if you've seen them mm. or not. I did see those. Yeah, they're not like not dating or anything like that. But there is talks that they, you know, they're hanging out and stuff like that. So, for my first trivia question, can you name me what stadiums Taylor Swift isn't going to play or hasn't played at on the Eras Tour? Okay. Oh wow. There is oh. there's five stadiums. I want you to name them all. I'll give you three strikes. Five stadiums. Five stadiums on on this list here. Oh hell, that's tough. Um, I know she played at SoFi. I know she played at Arrowhead. Um, yeah, some of these some of these once you think about them, it's pretty obvious. Like oh yeah, like she wouldn't play like three. I would say three of these is pretty like straightforward. Um, pretty pretty easy. Yeah, I'm thinking. That's tough. Um, I won't make you use your hints here, but you have an AFC East team, um, an AFC South team, um, an NFC North team, an NFC East team, and then an NFC South team. FedEx Field for the Commanders. Yep, that's that's okay. one. Uh. Maybe the I don't know what the Bills Stadium is called. The Bills, yeah, but Bills. I, I just take the cities. You don't have to actually name the stadiums themselves. Buffalo. But yeah, Buffalo's on there. Yep. And then, NFC South would be. Should play oh, there. Oh. Did you say yeah. NFC South? I did. Yeah. Um. There's one. 
there's one if you really think about that division. Tam- Tampa Bay. No, so she's she's Johnson. going to she's Tampa playing. Bay. So she that's one Raymond strike. James. Yeah. Huh. I figure it's got to be Carolina then. Yep, Carolina okay. is correct. That was like that's got to be it because uh, she has to play at the. There's no way you don't play in Atlanta and New Orleans. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, so we got the NFC East, we got the NFC South. Yeah. So you are right. missing the NFC North team and the AFC South team. Yeah. AFC South. AFC South. Yep. Um. Man, that's tough. Uh, I'm gonna guess. Is it Lambo? She put in a concert in Lambo. Lambo, yeah. no, not not, not going to Lambo. Yeah, 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 not going to Lambo. Yep, and then okay. so, so now you just have the AFC South, AFC South team, which is super easy once you again once you think about it. You think it's that, that one's easy? Yeah, my Daly's place in Jacksonville comes to mind first. Yep, Jacksonville. There you go. Boom, boom, boom. Nice job. I was like clean there. Woo. You just you just ran that. We didn't even break into trivia there. We're both tied at three and three um, coming into this week's episode. True. So. That that pushes Owen to four and three, but that's okay. Um, I thought it was topical. I thought it was fun. You that's know, a good I, one. Yeah, that was tough because it's not just general knowledge that I would know off the top of my head by any stretch. Yeah. So now we're gonna get into the tough ones, and we're yeah. gonna have a little fun here. Um, we love doing lists. We love lists, right? Ah, so big fun. list guys. Yeah. Big list guys. So we got two list questions here. Um, you still have your two hints. Um, okay. Can you name me five out of the top ten Tennessee? passing leaders of all time um with three strikes career passing leaders for tennessee yeah i'm assuming that covers houston um yes it does go to houston but it has to be with the the oilers um and it's career yards is what you're looking for here career passing yards all right um did he play long enough there i feel like this list might be a bit tough it's not as hard. Like there's, there's easily, there's five, there's five or six easy names. Really? Steve McNair here. Eric McNair. He's just... number, he's number two all time. Number two. Okay. I was like, I wasn't sure how long he played there to be honest with you. Yep. It's Warren Moon's got to be here. M- Warren Moon is number one. Number one. Okay. That's, that's the, the one I felt confident about. Tannehill should be here, right? Tannehill I mean, is six. Yeah. I was like, there's not a ton of distinguished quarterbacks. that. Have and this is while they're in Tennessee to, cl- yeah. to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pure Tennessee passing yards. Yeah. Um, so it's three. This is where it's like, can yeah. I name another Titans quarterback at this point? Um, I mean, I've got a, I'll use a hint here. Obviously you got a hint. One. So yeah. you're missing two Heisman trophy winners that are on this list is wow, the hint I'm going to give you here. Marcus Mariota top 10. Marcus Mario is five. He's in front of he's in front of Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. But oh my god. To qualify it, it's Tannehill is thrown for thirteen thousand twenty nine yards in his time there. Uh, Mar- Marcus Mariota threw for thirteen thousand two hundred seven. So Tannehill will pass him this year. I didn't know Mariota played like that yeah, long. They to, both to played forty eight games. Or no, wow. no, no. Sorry, sorry. That's wrong. I'm looking at somebody else. Um, Mariota's played 63 and then Tannehill's played 58 so far. Wow. Okay. Mariota is a Heisman candidate. I don't know if I know another the Heisman other one. Candidate. Tennessee, because it wouldn't be recent. Um, can't be recent. Obviously, we're looking at career yards here. 
Oh, the other problem is now that we're doing video and you can see me is like my facial expressions gives it away a lot of the time. So that's true. Yeah, we are gonna have to be a bit more careful about that. <laughs> are there like are there some career backups on here? Like, are there guys where you look at and you're like, I think of that guy more as a backup than a starter. Like, I'm thinking like, and I I don't even think they may have played like I'm thinking of like like Charlie Whitehurst, like Byron Leftwich, like guys along. Mm-hmm. I don't think Leftwich ever played in Tennessee. Right. Like, um. Any any backups that you would consider there? Or no. There's one guy who I would say was a backup for a long time. You're missing you're missing another all time guy, but another all time guy for Tennessee. Whoa! Why is that guy? Oh, that's right. Okay, never mind. I I answered my own question there. Hmm. I was just confused on why that guy was listed as something, but I I know why he was listed as something. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you have an all time guy here. Um. You have the other Heisman winner. Um, and then you have a guy who I think was, he was just there for a long time. I don't know his career. I mean, I guess he was actually, he wasn't even there a long time. He was just the starter for four seasons and it put him inside the top 10. Um, and then oh. you have one guy who had two seasons there and it put him inside the top 10. So it's not hard to get inside. The do I, I don't have any strikes yet, do I? Nope, you have no strikes, so and you I can start swinging. Three or four names. Which you ones? have four names. Four, so I need one more. Right? You need one more, and you're good. Is Zach Mettenberger here? Just, Zach uh, Mettenberg is not here. That's that's a backup guy that just came. I couldn't get him out of my head. I had to burn that he one. He is outside of the top thirty. Yeah, yeah it doesn't surprise outside. me at all. So I, I remember he was there for a couple of years. I didn't know if he. Had oh one, no, no, so. no! Just kidding. He's twenty-two on this list. Yeah, I'll take it. You know, I'll take that. Former Butler Grizzly legend right there. Um, Yeah, he's 22. God, where did he go to school? Why does he sound so familiar? Well, he was – he went to – I actually learned it once I got there. He went to Butler, but I don't remember where he went after. LSU. uh, That's LSU, yeah, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, okay. Knew, I knew he sounded super Heisman winner and all time. I don't know if I'm going to get another all time name. I can't think of anybody. The all time name is a little tough. There's another, and there's another guy who is like an all timer, but I don't know. Like the one of the all timers is definitely a Houston Oiler. You definitely think of him as an Oiler. Um, and then the other all timer, I don't, you don't really think of him uh, ever being. I think, yeah, he was, they were the Oilers back then too. You just don't think of him as an Oiler. You think of him more as a Oakland quarterback for the Raiders. See, Rich Gannon's the first name that comes to my head when you say that, but yeah. I don't know. You gonna guess that? I don't know if he ever played in Tennessee. Now we're on camera, so I can't double check before I make an official <laughs> guess. <laughs> well, the cheating's over. Yeah, cheating's done with man. You can't get away with it anymore. I'll I'll take that stab there. I'll do a. That's wrong. That's strike one for you. That's strike two. Medberger. Oh, oh, that's right. was an official guess. Yeah. I really think you should think about this Heisman a little bit stronger. Uh, it is it is recent. It is a more recent guy? Man. Oh. Post-2000. No. Post-2000s. Was he like a Heisman that got drafted there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I thought he got drafted by Arizona. Honestly, this guy's not considered in the top bust of all time, but he kind of should be. So, like... All fingers are pointing to Matt Leinart, but I could have sworn he got drafted by Arizona and not yeah. Tennessee. Um, man, I'm gonna, it's gonna it's gonna fucking bug the shit out of me when you tell me to. I'm I'm gonna name some of these names. You're gonna be mad. 
Yeah, it's not liner. Fuck another Heisman quarterback. You're so close with liner. Oh, oh wait, no, dude, he didn't win a Heisman though. But I'm gonna guess here though. I'm, I, I feel I'll guess this. This is the only other Tennessee quarterback, Vince Young. Vince Young, correct. Yep, there yes. you go. Was he a Heisman winner? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Vince okay. Young won a Heisman. Now, now you've got me questioning it. That it led me there though. It's it was a good enough hint because I just remember him winning Rookie of the Year and then just. Yeah, oh, that's right. He did win Rookie of the Year. I forgot about that. He definitely won a Heisman, right? Did he not? You would assume so after the Rose Bowl. Because I think I thought Reggie Bush won it and then he won it the year after. That is a great question. I didn't realize he's a special assistant for Texas now. That's kind of cool. The things you learn. Yeah. Oh, he didn't win a Heisman. Well, I'm just making stuff up. Hey, man. the It still got me there, so I'll take it. That is nuts. Be- he won the Maxwell and the Manning Award and didn't win a Heisman. What the heck? Consensus All-American, first-team All-American quarterback doesn't win the Heisman. I wonder That's if nuts. Reggie that Bush must, just won it that year. That must have been Reggie Bush's year. But, okay, let's run through this list real quick. Warren Moon at one, Steve McNair at two. George Blanda was the all-timer. That you That's the guy you were thinking about. Why is he listed like that? That makes sense. Because he was a kicker too, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, so he's listed as kicker on here. I'm like, why is he listed as a kicker? And then I'm like, <laughs> I forgot to- George. Bl- yeah, he did everything. Um, Dan yeah. Pastoroni, I have no idea. Like that guy, if you got him, I would have been blown away. Yeah. Mariota at five. Tannehill at six. Vince Young is seventh all time on their ranking. Still holding strong. The other guy who I, I thought you would have gotten or was gettable was Kerry Collins. Um, Kerry Collins in his four seasons snuck in at eight. Uh, Ken Stabler was the Raiders quarterback. Who yeah, was that, okay. yeah. 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 Two seasons and he snuck into the top 10 here. Um, and then Pete Bethard, a, ga- a guy who played in the sixties. No idea. Huh. Um, to give you context, Jake Locker is 11. Uh, Matt Hasselbeck is 12. So <laughs> We we dunk on we dunk on some of the newer franchises for how sad their QB list is. Like yeah. this is a franchise that's been around for a minute because this goes back to the Oiler day, and they stink. Like yeah, because no, I agree. Rough. Like you're like, oh, there's another all time name. And I'm like, dude, who the fuck played for the Oilers except for Warren Moon, and Earl Campbell, and Clay Matthews? Like when I was looking this up, I was like, man, Ken Stabler played for the, the <laughs> Oilers. I was like, when did that happen? I didn't even know. I was like, that's weird. Yeah, that's that's so, outside of my realm right there, but. I'll take nice it. job. Yeah. Another, another, it out. another victory for you. I got to run split screen here, so I've got to move everything around. I'm on a, I'm on a hot streak with last week's bets into this week's trivia. Or I, I, I thought I was like, man, I was worried. I was like, is this too hard? You know, I was like, am I being too mean here? Okay. Now this one is, is a little bit more of an interesting question. So it's, okay. it's also easier. So I'm going to limit, you get two strikes on this one, not two three. Strikes. Okay. Um, because it's Thursday night, and as we are recording this, Kirk Cousins is playing in prime time, right? So we oftentimes think of Kirk Cousins as one of the least clutch quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. yeah. Can you name me five of the top ten quarterbacks with the most fourth quarter comebacks? So five out of the top ten, two strikes. Fourth quarter comebacks. Huh? Yeah. Thomas Edward Brady is here. He is number one at 46. Okay. And this is according to pro rep, profootballreference.com. Okay, so. Good, good, good source. I like the source there. I can yeah. trust that. Yeah. So nobody the comes question, at Like me. I always feel like game winning drives, I think are more skewed. I hate 
game winning yeah. drives is a stat because uh, it's just if, so wild. Well, yeah, if it, there's six minutes in the fourth and you're up three, I go down, score a touchdown, take a four point lead, and then we just win by that score. That's a game winning drive. Like and that I'm makes like, no sense. Yeah. That it's it's like it's it's like the go ahead home run, and it was in the third inning. I'm like okay, but whatever. Um, the fourth quarter comebacks is more interesting. Um, this is so out of pocket for a mm-hmm. second guess. I don't or for for a second. How many names do I need here? Five. Five out of ten. Five out of the top ten. Strikes. I can't. And the top out. ten is deeper than ten, so I'm I'm giving leeway here. There's like thirteen guys in the top ten technically. Is Peyton Manning here? Peyton Manning is two at forty three. Okay. I felt like I was overthinking by not saying him. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers Shit. is Shit. A, a you know an interesting guess, but that is strike one. Yeah, I figured I, the second I said it, I was like, he led too many games. He didn't have to fucking come back all the time. Aaron Rodgers is twenty eighth, tied for twenty eighth on this list with twenty one. Wow. So. Yeah. Not on the list, but not a not a great guess. Shit. So that's one strike. So that's that's a rough first strike to burn right there. Maybe I'm being a little hard with two strikes here, but there's there's some guys that you're just like overlooking here. Yeah, I, that's why I didn't burn the guess that I just wrote down because I do think it's a decent guess, but I also think it's fucking out of pocket to just burn and just lose this question this early. Yeah. Um, QBs came back. Big Ben. Big, Big ben. ben is three. So you've gone one, two, three, and your guess is okay. here. Um, Big Ben, 41. Okay. I'm going to stick. I think that's a decent time frame to – because that those those guys that were drafted in that four-year stretch were just like, hey, what if we all played to with 39? So it's like yeah. um, Eli Manning here. Dang. Fuck, I should have went Rivers first. So <laughs> close. God damn it. Eli Manning is in the second group off at 15. Stuff. Um, so that's that's strike two. Um, Rivers there or no? Rivers is ten. Ah, damn it! I should have started with him. Yeah. I would have eventually, like, if I would have got Rivers right, I would have immediately pivoted to Eli Manning too. Anyway, okay. So, so you would have, yeah. What is, it, is what, Tony what you Romo want? here? Out of curiosity, Tony Romo is not in the top ten. No, Tony, okay. Tony Romo is twenty first though. He's he's got twenty four all time. So. Not a terrible guess for just a. Pop no, like no, no, no. Like that's that he's in there. I mean, and honestly, Eli Manning wasn't a bad guess either. He is like so close to being on this list, like three more, actually two more fourth quarter comebacks. He makes the top 10 yeah. Um, list is in this order. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan. That was my, yeah, that's where I was going to go next. Yeah. Matty ice. And then you have drew Brees, which was another one. That I was surprised you didn't, didn't yeah. move off early. Yeah, sure. Um, Matthew Stafford six surprised me a little bit, um, yeah, but it makes sense. All those years in Detroit being down constantly. Um, yeah. Johnny Unitas is tied with him. Still. Dan Marino, John Elway, Philip Rivers, and then Philip Rivers is ten. But then Fran Tarkenton, Vinny Testaverde is tied for tenth. Not a name I put up in that that category. Either. No, no. But obviously, a lot of those names on that list very very gettable. Um, yeah, hundred percent. I would agree but with you. You went down swinging. I, I respect that. You know, there's uh there's nothing wrong. You got to respect that. Five and four is very. Oh, oh no, that's wrong. Six and four. Sorry. 
I went for the two-time Super Bowl champ instead of the guy with 19 kids. Who would have thought? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was wrong again. Five and four. Yeah, you are five and four. Five I had four, that right. Yeah. yeah, five and four. Because we're doing threes now. Yeah, so that's nine. Yeah. Yep, yep. So not a, not a bad day. But yeah, the guy with two Super Bowls just couldn't do it. I don't know. He also wasn't as clutch as we probably think he actually was. I mean, just, he just he has two of the more clutcher games ever. But just because you have two clutch games doesn't mean you're great in the clutch. Yeah, so we're not going to roll, uh, uh, you know, transition music here because, again, we have, you know, we're still working out the kinks of this whole video yeah. thing. So it'd just be weird if we played a 30 second, you know, music clip and you just stared at our face this whole yeah. time. I'm just going to stand here and give you a thumbs up. Yeah. So I just I feel like it's not necessary until we get the kinks worked out of, uh, you know, the intro is is definitely going to be us being stared at. So um, you you keeping the you got the score update there yeah i, was, I just i have espn pulled up just in case i need to look at it and i was just peeking at what the score was so i always i always have the score pulled up so 27 14 currently so not bad uh-oh looking i need my, the cover i can't tell if my computer is crashing hopefully you can still hear and see me i can uh, still hear you i don't know if you can hear me i can hear you that's good but you're we're... you're oh there you go you look I'm good back now. okay yeah. Your face froze for a second, and you looked real weird, but, you know. Might not okay. be able to. Oh, there we go. Okay. I wasn't sure if we could run the split screen here. Um, we got some quick hitters for headlines today. Um, going to talk about the Aaron Rodgers injury here. Um, Man. Just just a tough break, honestly. Like, yeah, it, it truly is painful. Um, what He had a total of, like, four plays four as, plays. A, as yeah. a New York Jet. So that's just that's just tough. You really, really hate to see that. Yeah, so many weird things surrounding it, too. You had the guy that tweeted at 6 p.m. that in two and a half hours, Aaron Rodgers is going to tear his Achilles on a rain-soaked MetLife field, and then four plays into his Jets career, tears his Achilles. I saw another video of some guys, and it was like a Jets fan, and he was watching. I think it was some of the Barstool guys. And he was like, I haven't been this nervous slash excited for a week one game since yeah. Testaverde shredded his Achilles. I, I week saw one. that. And, and then they had Testaverde at the game. And I was like, dude, there's just – like you can't tell me. I remember seeing a tweet after the game. It was like, yeah, the NFL is going to have to cancel the the script commercials because this shit's getting way too fucking accurate yeah. now. Yeah, that's just brutal. Like it, yeah. it really was brutal. I, I mean, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. It's just we're not going to sit here and speculate over Tom Brady and and all the nonsense because, no. like, realistically, the Jets are going to roll with Zach Wilson. Because why would you bring in a vet? Like, yeah, my question I, to you is because I, I saw it was RG three that was talking about it, and he's like, yeah. the bottom line is anybody, any of the available guys that are out there, myself included, if anybody you pull off the sideline or from a broadcast booth, the Jets' best chance to win this year is Zach Wilson because mm -hmm. he knows the playbook, he knows he's been there. None yeah. of us know what what anything of what's the law and what those guys are trying to do. So to come in and learn that system would be impossible. And I kind of agree with him. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. you might find a better athlete. You might find a better quarterback. But you're going to have to go through all the growing pains of the offense. And for one year, it's just it's not worth it. Like, the best realistic option is Carson Wentz. And I, honestly, at this point, it's like Carson Wentz and Zach Wilson are, you know, very so close and you'd, I'd yeah, rather I mean, have the guy that has been in the system for like a, a, a whole off season than just yeah. throw Carson Wentz out there and hope that he's better. I just, yeah. to me, it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, learn from the Colts realize the one year rentals just really don't do much for you in the first place and just ride yeah. it out till Rogers is back. Well, and, and 
I mean, maybe they bring in like a Joe Flacco just to have like a veteran, yeah. a solid backup or something. But he's not going to compete. Yeah, that's the perfect guy because he play, he's played there for three years at that point. He was the backup. He was a third stringer last year to Mike White and Zach Wilson. So yeah. that's another guy that – so especially now because I don't know who their backup is behind Wilson at this point because Mike White's in Miami. Joe Flacco's a free agent. Aaron Rodgers is down. I'm sure Josh Johnson is available, and I'm sure he probably knows half the NFL's playbooks at this point. But um, Tim Boyle is Tim there. Boyle. Yeah, he's he's been he's he's been around for I think five years. Yeah, yeah, he played in uh, Detroit, right? Yeah, Detroit before this, and then yeah. So know. like, I think Flacco would be probably the move that you see happen, and it's just familiarity again. You're bringing a guy in who is not going to have to learn the offense from scratch. And it's just going to be able to kind of give you just the extra third quarterback just in case, you know, because crazier yeah. things have happened with injuries. Yeah, they probably sign like a Flacco or somebody like that to the practice squad this week because um, I think they've already activated Boyle. And then, you know, next week they probably, uh, you know, if, if they feel comfortable with the situation, bring that veteran QB up. But, yeah, I mean. I feel bad too because you make this trade with the hope that Rogers is going to make you competitive this season. I mean, I had him being pretty competitive, right? Yeah, um, we both did. But and and the bummer is, is you're going to get one good season out of Rogers. He's 39 at this point, so you made you traded away all that capital for what's going to be, yeah. And I one and season I res- of it. I respect the resiliency of like, he obviously like he wants to be back. If, if he has his way, he will be back on the football field week one next year. Not a doubt in his mind, but the reality of it is 39 year old with an, I mean, the Achilles 40 is now he'll be 40. Yeah, next year. He'll be 40 by the time this injury is healed. And yeah. when you talk to any athlete, if there's any injury that you just don't come back the same from it's the Achilles. That's the one that everyone talks about is the hardest to recover from. So, and also a guy who's not usually sometimes a fan of modern medicine. I don't know surgery. I don't know what it, you know what's his plan to to do that stuff. So I mean, obviously, I would assume surgery is going to be the only option for him if he wants to play again. It's definitely. I think he's already. I think he had surgery today. I think well, surgery's surgery's already over. I think he yeah. had it today. Um, but. No, and I and I feel bad. Well, I mean, at least their first round, at least they keep their first round pick. This True, year, which, yeah. which ultimately might be a good thing. But I still think they're competitive enough. They might be fighting for a wild card spot. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. And yeah, and obviously, like Miami looked really good, and Buffalo's never going to go away. You know, but like they're good enough to where if those teams get a little, you know, little lazy, three four game slump that those teams go on. Like, I don't think it's crazy to see the Jets still win the division. Yeah. I think it's, it would be shocking, but I don't think it's like out of this realm. Like, holy shit. There's no way that that would ever happen. I don't think they won the division. Miami's too good. I wouldn't Um, bet on it, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. either. So they have a, they have a really good roster. I don't think I've ever seen that the wind gets sucked out of a fan base faster than that. Injury, so man. brutal. It's you know, nine <laughs> 11 in New York. You know, he's running out with the American flag. Like that stadium's got to be excited. And then rock all, all just comes unglued. four plays in just literally the, all the oxygen just got sucked out of MetLife immediately. And yeah, yeah that's, it's a, it's a tough break for sure, but rather, rather unfortunate, you know, yeah. is, is no. what we'll say. Um, the other quick hitter we have here is Chris Jones agrees to a one-year deal. 
Um, don't know if that means he's playing this week or not. I don't know if that's been discussed yet, but one year deal, um, it can be worth up to 25 million. It raises his base up to 19.5. Um, obviously we spent a lot of last week talking about the out of position players and where their money's at. Yeah. So for Chris Jones, I think it's a win, you know, to come back and be able to play this season on, on, yeah. on, on a deal worth real money, right? Like $20 million is, is a good amount of money for one season. So, Hell yeah. um, Hopefully they can figure out what they're going to do with them long term. But I think for him, this is a win. Gets him paid, gets him back on the field, which the Chiefs need. And he probably wants to play. So And and as crazy as it is with how vital he is that defense, like if I'm Brett Veach, like I seriously considering a trade and like maybe not before the deadline, but like this offseason because like they're going to they've drafted really well on the defensive end. And eventually you're going to have to start paying guys. You know, and maybe if you can keep him around for two, like the his value is never going to be higher than it is right now, right? Like, yeah. I mean, he's a thirty-year-old coming off the best four-game stretch of his career in the postseason. Like, he is the reason that they were able to close the deal last year. The interior pressure that he provided in the last two games of the playoffs was bar none to what anybody else was able to to produce. But at the same time, you got to pay your guys. If this guy wants thirty million dollars, man, and you can get a decent return. Who knows? You know, I'd say it's definitely worth the phone call or two to kind of see what the value is, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, I think it's a smart move by the chiefs, right? Like just let it eat your salary this year and then, yeah. and then deal with it. Again, forward, like so. and if you, I think it'd be perfect if he was like 28 and they could get him on like a two year, really fat contract. And then at 30 ship him and save the money to pay Nick Bolton and, and Willie Gay and, you know, Legere scene and all the guys that they have, that are going to be coming up here in the next two years, I think it'd be perfect, but they're kind of in the spot where you're letting Chris Jones a year or two go a year or two early. If you trade him now, because you could pay him probably for another year or two, but also in two years, his value is going to be drastically lower than it is right now. So there's a, there's a plus minus to both sides there. Yeah. How old is Chris Jones? He's on the young side, isn't he? He's like 29, 30, like right around the turn. Yeah. He's 20. He's 29. He'll be 30 July. Yeah. So he just turned 29. He just turned 29. Yeah. So that's not the guy you give a six, like a Bosa contract to, right? Like you don't want to be paying for him in, in that point of his career. So yeah, that's the thing you're worried about. You give him four years, 120 by year three. You may not. You may have a shell of the guy that you're paying right now, kind of thing. Yeah. So, exactly. So, all right, we're gonna play a new game here. Um, we used to do last season. We did game reviews, right? We talk about the exciting games. We talk about games you guys have already seen, right? And you already heard analysis on and things like that. Um, I kind of wanted to do something different. Um, this is this is a game called Better Worse or the Same. Um, okay. And I'm going to list teams. I don't have every team listed here because we know some teams are like, you know, we're not going to talk about how bad the Cardinals are going to be. Yeah. Um, but you, I, I'm going to ask, I'm going to name you the team. I want you to tell me better, worse or the same. Um, okay. And and I want you to kind of gauge how well you think they're going to play. Right. Was okay. week one a fluke? Was week one about what they're going to be? Or are they going to be, you know, better than what they played in week one? Um, yeah. You know, and this isn't like rapid fire, right? We don't have to run through this segment super quick. You can give give a little bit of analysis, but uh, sure. we're gonna, we're going to run down what I think the most interesting teams are. I have no idea how many teams I have on this list, but just just teams I found interesting. Okay, um, we're going to start out with the team we were just talking about, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so I mean, I think 
I think they'll do better than than what the week one was. Obviously, very rusty. No Travis Kelsey, no Chris Jones. Your top receiver drops four passes. You're not going to get all three of those things in the same game again probably by the end of the year. Even if Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey are both out this week, I can't sit yeah. here and try to predict that Kadarius Tony is going to continue to just not catch a football. Like I, I could – and again, it all comes down to the guy's work ethic. But I would, you know, like if Kadarius Tony takes his job seriously, he's caught over a thousand to five thousand footballs this week. Probably trying to get his head right for this weekend. Yeah. So, I think the Chiefs play better than they do uh, than they did Week One. And to be honest, neither team deserved that win on the opening Thursday night. Like I don't think the Lions play great. The Chiefs definitely didn't play good. But at the end of the day, the Lions get that one point win. You know, so. It was definitely interesting out of Detroit. There was just a lot of things. I don't know. It was a, it felt a lot of the same love last year where you're like, wow, that offense could be really, really good. Right. Like, like humming, man, man. yeah, when they get in a rhythm, that offense is good. And then you look at the defense, you're like, man, why, like, why are they so bad? Like, why does this struggle? The only, the bright side is I think Aiden Hutchinson might become, he very well could be a top 10 rusher in the NFL this year. Yeah, he's, really a, he's a stud. And I like, I think it's Malcolm Rodriguez. I may have messed his name up. It's like a third round linebacker they got last year. He played really, really well. And then obviously Jack Campbell in the middle of that defense has been a first round pick on him. So, I mean, yeah, the, the I hope that defense gets some. better with time. I think they more should, chemistry, yeah. will, it'll, it'll help. And I think where they're going to struggle at is stopping the run. Like, I can't think of a huge, you know, like interior force that they, they don't have a Chris Jones and Aaron Donald, somebody that's going to eat double teams and win those those run blocks. But they've definitely got some guys. Yeah. All right. Talking to the opposite side of that game, uh, the Lions. Better worse um, or the same? Man, I would, I would think that the Lions also should play better. Like I said – I don't think that game was clean for either side. Um, I thought the use of Jameer Gibbs was a little puzzling to me. I get that David yeah. Montgomery had the hot hand. And at that point, you're just looking to ride the guy that's getting carries. But also at the same time, you can't take a running back at pick 12 who was not talked about being a first-round pick at all. You take him at 12, make him the second running back drafted, say you're going to use him in ways that people aren't thinking of, and then – the ways that people aren't thinking of is sitting him on the sidelines for a good majority of the game. So um, obviously Ben Johnson is going to get creative there, right? I do think that they were kind of just riding the hot hand of Montgomery. That's not a bad thing. Like, I mean, yeah. if you can, if you can take a kid at 12, not play him and still beat the best team in football. It's a pretty good sign for your football team, right? Even if it's ugly as all get out, a win is yeah. a win at the end of the day. Campbell came out and said after the game, he was like, you know, we wanted – uh, Gibbs to get a feel right like this isn't how we're going to use him all season like this is kind of the start and we're trying to trying to get a feel is for it, him just so he has an understanding of what the game's going to feel like so yeah and I mean I'm on Ross St. Brown as a stud that's also undeniable I think at this point he he's going to have one of those careers I feel like where he's constantly underrated oh. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like a guy whose career was like that that you're like man that guy's always a top 15 wide receiver but it's never talked about because he's just not I don't know if he'll ever be a top five guy but he'll always be a top 15 guy always be steady yeah and they're gonna add Jameson Williams you know to that Eventually. offense coming to week seven probably week eight so I mean they're only gonna get better so yeah I think the Lions do end up playing better they are still trying to integrate. I mean, you got to look at they're dropping a new middle linebacker in and probably trying to be a key vocal guy on their defense. They're dropping 
two new running backs into the system. They're down their second yeah. string receiver, and they had to replace their tight end, obviously, as well, and bringing in Sam Laporta. So all in all, I think they looked pretty good for all things considered, but I definitely think they should look better as the season goes on. Yeah. Um, all right, next team I got for you, the Falcons here. Oh, that that's a good one. Let me I gotta pull up their week one game and remember. They, they went twenty four ten to against the Panthers. Um I think I think they'll probably play a little worse, honestly. Um I think what I see in Atlanta is like I just don't think I'm not gonna buy a ton of stock in a win over Carolina. And it's yeah. not that Carolina's bad. It's defensively is really where it's at. Like Carolina has a couple guys still, but like they were almost all traded at the deadline last year. JC Horn wasn't healthy, so they're down their top corner. So like I think there's just some things where I'm like, yeah, obviously a win's a win. You put up 24 points in an NFL game, you had a pretty good week offensively. But I just don't know if I'm sitting here and fully buying into Arthur Smith because I don't know. I just I, I have too many question marks there at this point. Now, obviously, if he can keep getting out of Bijan Robinson, what he got in Week One, and again, like that's what the what this will always come down to is like he did what he did with Cordero Patterson. He just spent the number eight overall pick on a running back who was supposed yeah. to be a generational talent. I, I don't know. I I love. I, I don't know. I just maybe I'm obsessed with this team again. Like I just tend to fall in love with these teams. But they did a lot of things I liked. Right? They didn't ask a lot of Desmond Ritter. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 said, you know, hey, you're only going to throw it 18 times, right? We're not going to ask a lot. He took a ton of sacks. So yeah, four. That yeah, that doesn't that doesn't help. But they ran. They pounded the ball. Right? Yeah. Like they he said, hey he took his Tennessee offense and brought it here, right? Hey, we're going to have the best running game in the NFL. And I think with this backfield, I mean, Tyler Algier was definitely a guy last year. who's probably what a top 15 running back the way he performed last year. Yeah. I was like, statistically, you don't think of it that way, but it's hard to deny the numbers behind it. Right. So we're going to have him, we're going to have Bijan and we're not going to ask Desmond Ritter to do a lot. Um, if you are a Drake London or a Kyle Pitts fantasy owner, I genuinely I am very concerned. Like, if I, yeah, I would panic on that that case scenario. Um, but I mean, they're gonna they're gonna just throw it short, run the ball a lot, and and it's kind of this reminds me a little bit of the 2020 Patriots. That's what it reminds me a lot of. We're just gonna run the ball. Like they might win a game where they do what the Patriots did and just like have their quarterback passes. throw out three passes or something like yeah. that. Like. I, I really like the way that they're putting this team together and this is a good start for them in that division. So yeah, I, 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 I think they're going to get better, but I, I respect the, uh, I respect the worst, you know, you have I get, to. I get frustrated with the misuse of Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Like Kyle Pitts is the big one because the unicorn, the six, four tight end, the runs of four, four, number four overall. Well, and, I, and Tyler Algier is a number 15 back. Cordero Patterson made a pro bowl, but we can't figure out how to use Kyle F and Pitts. Like, yeah, here's the thing I'll say is, and, and this is, I think a big mistake. A lot of fans make mm-hmm. is they look at the weapons on their team and go, Oh, this is how good we should be. You got to have the guy who can throw the ball. Right. Very true. And, and if Desmond Ritter's not just because you have Kyle Pitts and Drake London doesn't mean you should have him go out there and throw the ball 35, 40 times in a game. It really, to me makes no sense. So, I mean, we've talked about it year after year, right? Like where I'm like, I love it when a team has a rookie quarterback, they go, 
sign a running back, right? It's like one of the few times you should ever even think about paying a running back as this case scenario or spending draft capital this early mm-hmm. on, on a running back like they did, right? Is because you want to make his life easy. You want to let him develop and learn and not, and like build his confidence, right? How many times do we see a guy start off a season? You know what I mean? If, if CJ Stroud starts off this year, Oh, and eight, is he going to have any confidence left in his game? I, I just don't yeah. think it's going to be there. You know what I mean? So That's I'd rather true. take a guy that, you know, give him five, six, seven games. And then if you're playing a team with a really bad secondary, let him let him air it out. Let's see what yeah. he's got then, but let's not do it early on. Let's let him build that confidence. So um, I'm not going to disagree, but I, I do. I do do like that one. All right. I got a really challenging one for you here. Cincinnati Bengals, better, worse or the same. Um, and were you saying like the same? Are you saying like compared to their week one performances? Yes. Yep. Um, they got to be better, man. There's just no way. <laughs> you don't think I mean, that was, so? was, was god awful. I mean, I mean, Joe Burrow under 100 yards passing, like that's just just can't happen, and it's not going to happen the rest of the year. I'll tell you that I think as a Ravens fan, it, it breaks my effing heart to say it, but I think he will probably launch himself back into the top five for passing yards in the league this week because I think he's probably going to torch our Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Williams less secondary again. I am so effing sick of Joe Burrow and how good they are because – this is like the sixth, fifth, or I think it's the fifth matchup that Joe Burrow is going to play. He has not played Marlon Humphrey once. He has played crazy Anthony Everett and, you know, like all these practices like Sean Wade, like Sean Wade level guys. Like you think about the fifth rounder that you guys gave us for Sean Wade, Brandon Stevens. Like that is who Joe Burrow has played in his four or five games against Baltimore so far. And he racked up 500 yards on us one time. I don't know if it was last year or two years ago. So, yeah, they're definitely going to play better. They'll get their things going. And they're they're probably going to have themselves a pretty good tune-up game with, you know, Baltimore being down two of their top – their literally their two top secondary guys are both guys out this weekend. So, All right. Let's uh, let's jump into the other side. That one's super easy and obvious. Let's, let's yeah. talk about the Browns for a second. Better, worse, or the same? Ooh, this is a tough one. Um, they didn't play all that well, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm gonna say the same because I think they had some some plays, and obviously in a 24-3 win, you did things right along the way. Um, and I agree with you, and not all of it was pretty. I think what this team, this team needs to do what Atlanta's doing because they have a way better defense. They're gonna be able to play defense a lot. Obviously, I have but 80 yards for Joe Burrow. That's insanity. Yeah. Um. I think they're going to live and die by their pass rush, which, you know, with Miles Garrett and the guys that they have, Zadarius Smith now, like pretty good, pretty good unit to rely on, I'd say. Um, and then offensively, again, just like rely on Nick Chubb, run the ball, and then just like slowly let Deshaun build his confidence back. Cause I'm sure that Deshaun's probably struggling with the same thing, where it's just he's not a rookie by any stretch. He's talent wise, probably one of the top five guys in the league. He was in that category once upon a time, but it's been a while. You know, a lot of things have happened on the field. A lot of things have happened off the field. And he needs to just get a a reset on his football life a bit. And, you know, I think leaning on the run game and having a good defense is going to be there. I think think we saw exactly what Cleveland was in week one, which is a very talented team that still does not play as good as the roster says. And they're probably going to end up disappointing a lot of fans by the end. Yeah, they they're such an interesting. They're the mo- they're probably the most interesting team this year, and not for yeah. like necessarily good reasons. It's they just could have eleven wins. They could have eleven losses. Neither would shock me at this point. 
All right. Next team I got for you is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They won 31-21 over the Colts this weekend. Better, worse, the same. Was it the Colts that played run? Yeah, they played um, the Colts. Anthony Richardson looked okay, actually. I was I, I, That was my 1 o'clock game that I watched like live, and I thought he played pretty dang good, actually. I mean, I would say the Jags probably stay the same, I think, if not a little bit better, right? I, mean, I think it's a little hard to upgrade from a 31-point, you know, output from your week one game, especially going to, to having to play Kansas City this week. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence looks great. Christian Kirk looks great. Calvin Ridley looks great. Zay Jones cut a touchdown. Evan Ingram still knows how to catch football. I mean, like, this team I still think needs to see some production out of its backfield a bit more, considering what, you know, what they gave up to get the backfield together. You know, ETN obviously being a first-round pick. But um, – did Trayvon Walker stick out at all in that game to you? As you know, as you're watching that full game, was there a defensive player for the Jacksonville that really stood out at all? Or I mean, I don't know. I, the problem is, I was watching Anthony Richardson on on offense. It's not, it's not a bad one to watch. So I don't know if I'd say I was really paying attention too much to the Jags defense. I, I was honestly impressed with with Anthony's rich. Like he was throwing the ball. Like I knew he was kind of going to be like a raw talent coming into it, but he was able to play and throw a lot better than I thought he was for a week one game. Yeah. I thought he was just going to run all over the place, but I think, yeah, 24 for 37, 223 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, like just looked, you know what I mean? Kind of like what I thought he'd look like. And he nice. ran it 10 times for 40 yards, just looked like a really good athlete, but was still able to kind of move the ball when they needed to move it. Um, you know, he still looked like he needed time in that system. Like there's no doubt about that, but um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't super impressed with Jacksonville's defense, but it might be because Anthony Richardson's just like an absolute monster and impossible to guard. So there's yeah, that possibility too. Yeah. He set the Colts rookie record for like debut rookie game for most completions and completion percentage. And he's also, I think Dang. one of the only five guys in NFL history to have a rushing and a passing touchdown in his debut NFL game as well. So he definitely put some you know, some things on the board that have never been done before by either a Colt or anybody really. So I, that was a big headline. Obviously he played well, but yeah, again, Jacksonville probably around the same. They're probably going to need a little bit of an uptick on their defensive side to really, I mean, the AFC is not for the faint of heart and it's because of the offenses and the quarterbacks that you're going to have to face. So if Jacksonville doesn't turn up the aggression and get going on defense, both of us are probably going to look a little foolish with our playoff predictions come the end of the year. Yeah, that's okay. It's, that's kind of the way it goes. But um, next team I got for you is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, a little bit of a squeak win for them, you know, yeah. winning, winning 20 to 17 in Minnesota. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. Um, what was your, what's your reaction there? Uh, I think, I think they'll stay about the same around the what same. that was. Yeah. Like winning games, they shouldn't win losing games. They shouldn't lose frustrated with Baker Mayfield. That's probably where we're going to be at the end of the year. I mean, he looked good. I love the energy. That's one thing that I've always loved about Baker Mayfield. Win, lose, or draw. Like, I'd never have I watched Baker Mayfield play, and I'm like, man, I'd fucking hate to play for that quarterback. You know, he's just one of those guys you watch him play. You watch the outside run where he hit that DB and he's getting up and talking. I'm like, I want to play for that guy. I would love to line up behind that guy, next to that guy, in front of that guy, protect him. That is a guy that I want to play for. And as a guy that is trying to reestablish himself as a starter, He's, there's not really any bigger shoes you could step into than the one that Zach Wilson has to step into in week two to yeah. try to fill the the gap left by Tom Brady. 
So I, mean, I just feel like it's weird because there's no like ex, there's like none of that talk. You know what I mean? When Mac yeah. Jones took over for Brady, there was like, oh, big shoes to fill. Like Baker came in and everyone was like, eh, whatever. He's completely. I think it's just because they've just all just disassociated. They're like, well, we got a ring, boys. Who fucking cares? Like, cares? Yeah, yeah we have a bunch of talent, uh, but we don't have a quarterback that we really like. I think they'll get some real energy going in there if they can get it together. Um, I hope so. But yeah, I think about the same. Yeah, like I, you know, I see them like beating Minnesota, maybe like slipping a win over like you know even Green Bay or somebody good like that, and then like losing to Arizona and Tennessee, and we're all just scratching our heads wondering what the hell happened. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a that's a very real possibility. So, um, next team I got is the team they played against, the Minnesota Vikings. Better, worse, the same. I feel like they're they're going to get a bit better. I think the offense is better than seventeen points, especially. Like, I mean, that is exactly what we thought was going to be Minnesota's issue. It's a one-score football game. They went 9-0 and in one-score football games last year. Yeah, they can't do it again. No, nah, it's not It's not possible. But that offense is a lot better than 17 points, I could tell you that much. Uh, Justin Jefferson obviously shot out of the end zone. Jordan Addison had a couple good plays here and there. I think that yeah. duo is formidable. Alexander Madison has been a letdown so far, I would say. I feel like that's a fair – affair so far obviously it's a for us it's a game and a half in um yeah. for everybody else it'll be two games but i'm trying to find his stats for tonight i i was always very hesitant about i could i never saw it with alexander madison and it's one of those things where i'm sitting here i'm like all right either i'm super behind the train and i'm not you know i'm not obviously seeing what i need to see here or I feel like the fantasy, the fantasy football guys really, really got a lot of backing for Alexander Madison. And again, yeah. I just never saw it. I saw Dalvin Cook on the field, and I saw Alexander Madison, and I saw a decline in play. And there was never a point where I thought Alexander Madison was better than Dalvin Cook, let alone the same, you know, as good as Dalvin Cook was. So I don't know. I've never been on that train. I would say he's been disappointing so far compared to the, all the expectations that everybody had for him. Because I think from what I remember, the expectation was they're going to drop Alexander Madison and save $9 million and not skip a beat. And I think anybody who thought he could just step in and fill Dalvin Cook's shoes was asinine because we would have, uh, I feel like I would have seen it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you would have seen something. It would have sure. been a 50-50 split carry situation. There's a reason that Dalvin's getting 80% of the work each week, and it's because he's a better running back than Alexander Madison is. We just talked about all these scenarios like Jameer Gibbs, uh, Tyler, or not Bijan Robinson splitting with Tyler Algier. Right? Like, yeah. There are teams with like two, like two, a great running back and a really good running back, and they yeah. split carries. Like, yeah. I don't remember what this the carry count was for San Francisco this last weekend, but I think it was also more split than you probably would have thought it would have been. I think Brees and uh, Dalvin was 10 15 apiece. Brees had 10, Dalvin had 15 carries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like, but that's a team with two like arguably great running backs. Two star running backs, yeah. It's almost like Minnesota had one of those guys and then Oh just, yeah, true. And they just weird. for nothing. Uh no, it wasn't as split as I thought. McCaffrey had 22 carries, so he oh, ran wow, over actually, him. Yeah, they ran it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize he had that much. But um, yeah, I think I think it's it's just kind of is what it is. But yeah, Jeff I think Indy- Minnesota gets better. But again, that's exactly what we saw. You know, the one score games. It's just impossible to continue winning every yeah. single one of them. I didn't want to. I didn't want to like break you down here. But you were like, yeah, they're better than 17 points. Uh, nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. They have 14 so far. So. Uh, 
down 14, 27, but it looks like they're on Philadelphia's 24. So, Hey, they'll get to 17, at least this drive. Long as Kirk Cousins doesn't throw a interception here. So this field goals happen in this league. Okay. So, so don't, don't count it before it happens here, but next team we got here, San Francisco 49ers better worse the same. Um, I'm going to say the same. I think it's going to be very hard for them to be better than they were week one. I mean, they were right about on par, if not better than what we kind of, what I kind of expected against Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. I expected a win for San Fran. I expected a pretty easy win, to be honest, but I think a 30 to seven win over a team that is going to be as well coached as Mike Tomlin and his Pittsburgh Steelers is something to really hang your hat on. Like that 30 and seven looks a lot different than a 30 to seven against Atlanta or Tennessee or anybody that's talented or well-coached or both, you know? So um, it's hard for me to see them getting really a lot better, but the good news is, is I think they were probably the best team in week one of the NFL. Brock Purdy looked great. Christian McCaffrey's carrying the ball 22 times. The defense is stellar, obviously holding Pittsburgh to seven points. So yeah, I mean, I, I see more of the same from San Fran for the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't know. I can't tell if this game came out as there was too much hype around Pittsburgh um, or if San Francisco is just like, or we were too low on San Francisco. Yeah, I was like, you can actually problem. make the argument that they're going to be worse because of how well they played week one. Yeah, they, they played so well. So I, I don't know. I, I think the same is about right. I don't, I'm just curious, like, the more games we get on Brock Purdy, the I'm more and more interested to see how well he maintains. You know, yeah, is there a game where he goes up against a good, a legit good defense? Where I think the Steelers' defense is okay. I don't think it's top five, but it's it's well coached, but it's not star studded like it usually is. Yeah, like I'm curious, like when they can't run the football, what does it look like then? I agree. But the question, the, again, I think the question there is: there a team that they're not going to be able to run on, like other wow. than Philly? Yeah, I was like, Philly's going to be tough. Other, other than Philly. Yeah, I just watched, of course, I, I just watched that Philly defense. It's going to be tough. But You're like, other than, and it's like probably the one team they're going to have to beat to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, and that's the problem. That's their biggest competition is, yeah. is Philadelphia. So yeah. um, next team, I think this one's pretty easy. The Pittsburgh Steelers. They got to be better. Um yeah, they can't get much think, worse than that. So. No, and they just – what's funny is that, like, Kenny Pickett actually leads the AFC North in passing yards and passing touchdowns. Um, he threw more yards. He was also – I think him and Deshaun Watson each had a passing touchdown in week one. Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow did not throw a touchdown in week That's one. That's crazy. So, yeah, it's very weird. They, yeah, I, I saw – it was, of course, it was a Pittsburgh account. They were like, look at this. After week one, Kenny Pickett's the best quarterback in the AFC North. And I was like, okay, well, who's on one, buddy? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, they've got to be better. Um, again, I think they were severely outmatched against San Fran, and I think where they're going to struggle is teams that have very, very diverse and like multi-headed pass rushes, and that's obviously what San Fran has, right? With Javon Hargrave and Nick Bosa and all the guys that they bring, I think they're going to struggle a bit against Cleveland because of their pass rushers that they get in. Um, it's been a problem since Big Ben's third to last year. The offensive line has been a glaring issue, and they've continued to like glaze over it and act like it's not an issue and try to replace the stars that they've lost. Right. They're trying to get a new big Ben in. They're trying to get a new uh, Heath Miller and right. Pratt Fryer moves coming in now trying to replace the guys at receiver with Deontay and George Pickens. We've drafted Najee Harris in the first round. 
But at the end of the day, they have done little to nothing of value to bolster the five guys that are going to block for everybody on that offense. And I think that they're going to to be punished for it. The only good news is, is that I think Kenny Pickett is best when under pressure. But again, I'm not going to rely. I can't sit here and be confident about a quarterback that's going to have to run for his life the entire game. You know, As much as that's where he shines, there's going to be games where he does not shine under pressure and he's going to get absolutely demolished. So uh, they should play better. It's hard to play any worse than they did in week one. Yeah, with, without question, right? So I think I think they're they're a team that has to be on the they're going to get better list here. Um, next one I got for you: the Baltimore Ravens. Better, worse, or the same? Man, um, I would hope better because they did not. It was not an uh, or it was not a pretty win against Tennessee on the field. Texans, um, Texans not Tennessee. Yeah, Houston. Thank you. Um, the offense looked rusty. Again, Lamar was one of the eight guys that didn't play in the preseason at the quarterback spot, so that was kind of to be anticipated. Everybody keeps talking about, like, when is Lamar Jackson going to trust his offense again? Because all of the rhythm and timing stuff that we tried, especially early in that game, there was no rhythm and timing. Like, it was very hard to sync up, two-step drop, throw the dig before Zay breaks on it, and kind of those plays. And mainly... I think it's a little frustrating to see people bring it up because um, mm-hmm. I can understand it. It's part of the game and and it's part of what you have to have as a quarterback in the NFL. But Lamar Jackson has missed eight games the last a piece the last two years, right? There's yeah. we have not had an offensive line. It is very hard for a quarterback to sit here and trust rhythm and timing throws when he doesn't know if he's going to get his four step drop without somebody being in his face. Like Will Anderson had a really good game. Morgan Moses looked awful, and it does not help that Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum have missed half the week in practice. So there's a chance that Baltimore walks into their week two game with their star left tackle out, their young and upcoming star center out, and their right tackle playing like garbage. And Kevin Zeitler being the holy stable corner piece at right guard, and then left guard, we didn't know who it was going to be. There was a preseason battle for that position, so it's obvious they're not set on what it is there, right? So you have yeah. injury, not sure who our guy is, injury, solid as a rock, can't play. It's the, the third right tackle that we've signed towards the end of his career that is just – Andre Villanueva was god-awful when mm-hmm. he got to us last year. Morgan Moses hasn't been as bad by any stretch, but is entering that territory, which I really did not want to have that conversation. So Baltimore's got to play better. The defense looked good, but – Banged up as ever can be going into a hungry Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. I it's I think it's going to be a rough week for Baltimore, but hopefully they play better. But the question is, can they stay healthy? Can they stay healthy? Yeah. It's, I, I'm, it's, it, every year, like I just like it's, it breaks like, my oh, heart. You're like it's oh it's a new year. I wonder what Baltimore running back is going to get hurt. You're just like you sit here and you just wait on it. Like it's just every every year. Yeah, the the JK injury crushed me pretty hard. As a, I like. Because I want him to succeed. Like, do I yeah. want to have to pay that guy eight to ten million dollars a year? No, I really don't want to. And you know, if well, you, you can't, play, how can you? Like, even before, if he had a great year this year, right? Say he rips twelve hundred yards, he's top yeah. five in the league in rushing. Like that contract is still difficult to sign for Baltimore because he's missed a year and a half already up to this point, right? And he wasn't healthy when we drafted him. Yeah. Now he's out for again another back to you know. It's two seasons back to back with 
he has literally played less than 10 snaps in the last two years now. So you can't pay him at this yeah. point, you know? So my, it, my heart breaks for him because I wanted him to be good. I remember watching him at Ohio state and Bryce obviously talking about him all the time. And I was like, yes, this is perfect. And I've just been robbed of it every year. My, my hope is that Gus Edwards can finally make me look like a genius because I keep calling him the most underrated back in the league. And if he could turn it on, and I, you know, he might not be the most underrated. I think I do have a bit of bias there. I do think that Gus Edwards is extremely underrated and does not get talked about enough. And I'm hoping that this year can. I thought last year was going to be the year, but they decided to both tear their ACLs on the same day. So <laughs> that was we'll uh, that day. I think last year was rough, but hopefully Baltimore plays better. But the injuries the injuries are the question right now all righty next team i got for you is the las vegas raiders they squeak out a win against the denver broncos yeah um oh, wish the same i'm thinking the same i mean like the same or the word like if they're on one side or the other, it's not going to be by much, right? They might right. be a bit better than they were. They might be a bit worse. They're probably going to be around the same spot. I think, you know, Jimmy's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Josh McDaniels is probably going to run the ball really effectively with Josh Jacobs again. But, you know, defensively, they've still got to get it figured out. Did Chandler Jones play week one or? No, he didn't. They're still going through whatever's happening. I haven't ever, I keep trying to keep up on it and I haven't ever figured out what happened. Well, all I know is from what I remember is text messages to the GM and everything. Like he was trying to get into the gym for an off season workout and the doors are locked. No one's there. He can't get it. He called Josh and he called the GM. Neither of them answered their phone. So that's when the whole thing started. He's like, I'm trying to get work in, in the off season, in the preseason. And I'm having to go to my local planet fitness, you know, my local gym to get a workout in because our, you know, our multi-billion dollar team can't open the, can weight room during the preseason, which I can understand the frustration. You know, I'll tell you yeah. that I've got a spicy fourth round pick with Vegas's name on it if they want to send Chandler Jones up to Baltimore. And truth be told, I don't think it'd be a terrible, terrible idea for uh, New England to maybe make that call if the price is low enough. No, I don't think he wants to come back. I, 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 just, I don't want to go back either. I don't think it makes any sense for us right now. But winning is fun, and the issue is, is you guys aren't going to be winning a lot. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if it's much at better least not the, the highest end of it. Yeah, yeah. Now well, we're going to talk about them. So just, just you simmer down there, friend. You simmer down a little bit here. Yeah. Let's talk about the other side of the ball. The Denver Broncos with a very disappointing Week One loss here. Yeah. Uh, worse or the same? Um. I think it's going to be about the same as well for them. Like, I think both of these teams disappointed in week one, and I think they're both going to continue to kind of do so. Um, you're hoping that the Sean Payton, Russell Wilson marriage gets better than it was week one. Cause it wasn't great. It was better than Hackett, but I mean, it's not hard to do um, yeah. from what, you know, the expectations were last year. So I don't, uh, we, I know we've sat down and talked about the cap numbers and how it's physically impossible for them to try to move off of him this year. But uh, it's not like you're going to get rid of Sean Payton. You know, so no, they got to figure something out. Yeah, I don't know when that other, you know, when that other shoe is going to drop. We we always say like, oh yeah, it's so hard to like move these guys, and, but like I, the hardest part is they traded for him, and yeah. because you can always dump him for like, I mean, look at uh, teams don't care about wasting money. 
Yeah. Who's gosh, who is the quarterback? He got traded to uh, sign with the Houston Texans um, and then got traded to Cleveland. Brock Osweiler. Osweiler. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was essentially a cap dump move by Houston, right? Yeah. Like it's so it's not impossible if they want to do it. But the problem is if they do it, they don't have any. They're not going to get anything back and they're not going to have enough capital to either make the move or get any benefit after the fact. So, um, yeah. It's it's going to be it's going to kind of be interesting to watch. I think there there was a lot of hope that like I thought if you were going to fix it, Sean Payton was going to fix it. And it looks like he might not have fixed it, which is yeah, really- I was like, it didn't look great. Now, obviously, it's week one. We got some time to improve yeah. these things, but we were looking for a better sign than what yeah. we saw. We were hoping for a spark. It didn't have to be a full fledged bonfire yet, but we were looking for a spark. And I don't know if I felt like I saw a spark there. Yeah, I felt so. like a, a spitter in flame with just a whole lot of smoke coming out of it. Yeah. One of those real grassy fires, not a lot of not a lot of fuel behind it. It's just get a lot of black smoke and not yeah. a lot of heat. It was it was pretty rough. It was bad. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. You got a little bit of a cheater here because you got basically two games um, yeah. at this point. They're up 34-21 in the fourth quarter here. Uh, just scored, went down and scored a touchdown. Better, worse, to the same. Remind me who they played week one again. Who did they beat week one? The Patriots. Okay, yeah. Um, Barely. I I didn't mean to. I for, I genuinely forgot. I did, I was not a, not trying to take the shot there. Um, I mean, I think they probably play around the same, maybe a little bit better. Like I, I think mean, they played a little rusty against uh, against New England. They didn't look great, you know. Like, but they look good, yes. But it's not hard to look good with how much talent they have tonight feels like a more indicative yeah. representation of what Philly's going to be. Um, so, yeah, I would say the same, maybe a little bit better. If you're going off week one, better. If you're going I mean, off Thursday night football that we're, you know, that's happening currently, I'd say around yeah. the same. Here, here's the thing I'm going to say, um, too. I, I'm in six fantasy football leagues. I'm sure you're just in a, a, a bunch, too. I, I know we're in, eight, at least, yeah. we're in like four together, yeah. um, which is just wild. <laughs> I took I took DeAndre Swift in three leagues this year. Wow, um, it's in the because, wagon because I think he's going to be good. And tonight he's playing out of his mind. Um, Calvin Ridley's that guy for me. Where I'm like, yeah. I'm hitching it. I'm riding Dude, this I, to the end. I took Calvin Ridley in as many leagues as possible, but like the problem is, is like half the leagues you drafted one pick before me, so I couldn't get any of the people I wanted. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah like DeAndre Swift in that offense. I was like, man, they traded nothing away to get DeAndre Swift and let Miles Miles Sanders walk. And I'm like, DeAndre Swift's a like has way better upside. He just more has talent, never been yeah. more talent. He just hasn't been like I don't know if it was coaching, I don't know what it was, but man, does he look good in Philadelphia. Like I was just week one, a little disappointing. I was like, ah, maybe I'm nervous. No, I'm not nervous anymore. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be a stud in Philly. Um yeah. New England Patriots. Um Barely lost to Philadelphia, had an opportunity to win the game, weren't able to punch it at the game uh, at the end. Better, worse, or the same? I'm thinking around the same. Like, I don't think that's a bad week one game for New England. Like, obviously, it may not have been pretty here and there, but like a one score game to the defending NFC champions and how talented that roster is, especially at the skill positions and how kind of void of talent you guys are at the skill positions. Like, yeah. being in that one score game, man, I think that shows, I think. Do you think Bill still has it defensively, or is it just an off game for the Philly offense? That, that you no, can't? I think I think they played that they played Philly really really well. Um, and here's the thing: like, no, I don't think New England's competing for a Super Bowl. 
Mm-hmm. Realistically, I know I didn't predict them to get a wild card spot. They very well could be a wild card team. Like that defense is going to be tough. Like Judon looked great. No surprise there. Um, Bentley's the middle linebacker we have. Dude is all over the field. Um, That's another Patriots guy right there, Juwan Bentley. Yeah, yeah, like Bill is scheming it up. Like I think um, I want I want to give you a little stat here. So offensive leaders, obviously after one week, uh, Mac Jones is fourth right now in the NFL in passing yards. Uh, only one week he threw for three hundred and sixteen yards. Think about last year. I didn't think he could like eclipse two fifty. You guys won a game at three pass attempts last year, you know, two years ago, but two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. Last year was the Matt Patricia year. So, um, I think with Bill O'Brien in this, like more time with this offense, I, I really think you could see something. And a lot of the players that I was looking to like take steps forward, took those steps forwards. Like, uh, Kendrick Bourne, I mean, he had he had a great game. You're going to need receivers game. to step. I've been meaning yeah. to ask you how you feel about all the reports that are coming out about Juju and the knee and the lack yeah. of targets and everything. Like, I don't know. I didn't love the signing. We talked about it. Like, I I, I mean, honestly, it was weird because I didn't love the Juju signing. And now I look at I'm like, man, that Zeke signing looked pretty good. Like Zeke had some plays where I was like, man, like he's going to he be he, once. Yeah, he did fumble. Did he but, recover, though? It, it was a rainy game. So like he, it was a fumble and I think Philly got it back off that fumble, but it was, it was a sloppy game. Like it was raining and, and Mac Jones for 316 yards. Like it was that, that, that kind of game. Yeah. yeah. So I think this offense, though, I don't love a lot of the pieces. I think running the ball, I think they're going to be, they couldn't run the ball against Philly, obviously. Right. Mac Jones threw for 316 yards. I think if you let them run the ball and get play action involved, I think it's going to be, a very interesting team. I think it's um, about as good of a sign as you could get without getting a win. I mean, yeah, Philly took away what you're good at, made you one one dimension. I mean, that's the game plan, right? Oh, hey, we play yeah. New England Patriots this week. Make Mac Jones throw the football, and Mac Jones went out there and he threw the football and he threw it well. You know, so and, I think that's about all you can ask for. And everybody's dunking on Mac Jones because he had two opportunity. He had an opportunity to win the game, dude. If Kevin, uh, what is it, Kevin or Bute? The kid out of LSU. Uh, Keyshawn Butte. Keyshawn. Yeah, I like said that. Kevin. I knew. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's something with a K. I can't remember his name. Um, if he could play NFL rules and get two feet down, I think the Patriots won that game. He had two incredible catches. Both of them weren't catches because he only got one foot down. One so, foot down. yeah. Keyshawn. Yeah. yeah. I think if if he starts to figure it out, like he looked like a real weapon. Um like I, I always believed in Kendrick Bourne, right? He was the guy out of San Francisco. Everyone's like, oh, he's he's good. He's good. And he was good for one the first year we signed him. And then Bad last year. Uh, we don't even have to talk. I'm I'm gonna delete last year's offense out of my mind. I don't even I don't blame you. I mean, I forgot about it already. I was talking about that two years ago, like it was last year. But he fell apart. Hunter Henry looked like a weapon again. Uh Hunter Henry the first year looked good. Last year looked terrible. This year he's looking again like you're like, oh, that's why we signed that guy. So um, I'm hopeful. That's, that's all I'm going to say. I'm hopeful. Um, okay. Hmm? I was like, where's Johnny Smith at now? I was trying, I had to go look. He's in Atlanta. I forgot where he landed at. Cause I yeah, remember we, you guys we, let him go. We traded him or did we cut him? I don't know. Either one. He's not in New England. <laughs> Los Angeles Rams. Better worse to the same. Um, oh, they got a win in Seattle, didn't they? Well, I did. They did. They look good. Man, um, I'm going to say they're going to take a, ooh, 
I'm going to say take a step back. I think it all hinges on how quickly Cooper Cup can get back to the field and yeah. how healthy he is. Because if he's out for eight weeks, I mean, you know, who you know, what is. But if he's back by week four, you know, obviously we may have a different conversation. Um, I mean, there were some definite bright spots that, you know, you didn't think were going to be there. Seattle had some dark spots that you didn't think were going to be there. So um, I think they're probably around the same. Excuse me. Been a long one. Um, maybe a little bit worse because um, I do think like Seattle's not known for their pass rush. They don't have a great one. I think their no. offense is going to get eaten up in those games. Like if they have to play Philly or or Cleveland, like they're going to struggle. I was impressed. I, I mean, at the end of the day, they had they were trotting out some odd and odd ends receivers and stuff like that. And I thought they played ultimately they, played really, they, really uh, well. Probably the top fantasy you know waiver wire ad this week with yeah. uh, they had two Nakua. They had they had uh, Tutu and uh, Nakuka. They had Tutu two. And Nakua, yeah. yeah, like both those guys. I mean, if you had Which, either one of those guys on your team, good for you. But yeah, Nakua, I think uh, sat out of practice today with an oblique strain, so I think he just crushed all of the fantasy owner streams out there. Dang. I mean, that's a good sign for you. Like, I mean, if you have a guy that's not Cooper Cup that you feel like you can target fifteen times in a game and feel confident, even if no one knows who he is or how to spell his name. Thumbs up. Like you've obviously figured something out and used yeah. your fourth round picks wisely. So yeah. The only thing is like when you're playing better, worse or the same and you impressed me in week one, it doesn't bode well for the other 16 at that point, you know? True. Um, yeah. So I would say a little bit of the same, maybe a little worse. Worse. To me, it depends on that O-line, man. They've got to keep Stafford upright. Um, they got to clear holes in the running game, but I think Stafford's health is the biggest, biggest thing for them. Yeah. Um, Seahawks better worse the same. These last Man. four should be pretty somewhat quick, but uh, they've got to be better. I mean, you would I think, agree. and of course, yeah, with your predictions as well, they're making the playoffs. Um, it's kind of what I, you know, predicted. And then I remember when we talked about this team, like this is the team that I thought I was going to see, right? A little bit of a step back, maybe not as hungry, call it a flu, call it whatever. And then I remember you talking about them and like you had them making the playoffs and actually, did you have them win the division? Or no, they I were second. winning. No, I had them winning the division. You had them yeah. beating Sanford for the division, right? Yeah. So you're a little yeah. ahead there. And I remember, like, I had them what, like, eight and nine, missing the playoffs. And you're yeah. like, I got to win the division. And then everything you said, I was like, holy shit! Like, he's kind of picking me apart right now with why yeah. this team should be better. So I think they're going to be better. I think they probably line up a little bit closer to where you had them at the beginning of the year than where I did. But yeah, this is definitely the team that I thought I was going to see. Um, I, I think I had him winning the division at like 11 games. Right. So for yeah. me, this isn't super scary. Um, I, I think there's one game. So I think there's, there's hope to turn it around. So Dallas Cowboys better worse the same. Um, gotta be worse. Right. Can they, I don't know if you <laughs> can play any better. Literally. I don't think it's possible to play any better than they did in week one. Wow. Um, I, I think some Cowboys fans are going to come after you. I, I, I know for sure. I mean, if if there's a better game than a forty nothing shutout in prime time this year, then I guess they can come after me. I just that's a that's a it's, tough thing to repeat, even if it was the Giants, right? Like, yeah, the Giants were a playoff team last year, right? Regardless of what the history says, regardless of what you think about Daniel Jones or whatever, they were a playoff team last year, right? And they went out and embarrassed the Giants on Sunday night. Was it Sunday night football or it was Sunday night football? Yeah, yeah. so. In the biggest stage, and Dallas's defense showed up huge. Um, 
Yeah, I, I would say probably a little bit worse of the same, but it's just because of how insanely well they played week one. It's not a, a dig at Dallas. I don't think they're going to fall yeah. off a cliff or anything. It's just expecting a 40 to nothing win each week, man. It's not going to happen. All right, let's jump into the New York football giants. Better, worse, the same. I flip flip the script here, right? Got to be better, man. There's no way you're losing <laughs> that bad, right? Yeah, there's nothing. They can't. Like, that, this is such an easy conversation. It, it's They got to play better. Like, yeah. there's just no way. I, That's it's, the peak. It's physically, I think the only way that they could ever play worse is if they played San Francisco this week. You know, if that was yeah. the game on the schedule, maybe, maybe they play worse. But now, now my brain's like, man, who do they play? Do they play. Yeah, we got to go find out. The, the Cardinals. So that'll oh. be fine. That'd be good. Yeah. Another easy one here the Buffalo Bills. Got to play better. I mean, I agree. Talent wise, I mean, yeah, I think Josh Allen is, is, we're finally starting to see the draft comps come true. You remember like the year one, year two, we're like, man, everybody was fucking so wrong about this guy. And now we're four or five years into it. And we're like, yes, we were wrong because of the heights he's reached, but the glaring issues that were there that everybody was worried about are alive and well, and yeah. at the forefront of what is going to kill this Buffalo team. If he can't get the turnovers under control, man, like, and the three picks is bad. Um, you got to clean that up. The fumbles to me are the, the that's the easy stuff, man. Hold on to the football. You're yeah. going to misread a coverage every once in a while. The ball's going to bounce off Gabe Davis's hands, 20 feet in the air and land in the safety's hands. Picks are going to happen. You cannot drop the football in this game. Ball security has to be number one. It's it's a combination of sloppy play. Like, it's just sloppy. Like, the interceptions and the fumbles yeah. are all just so, so. Like, he, he is so hot and cold. and He's turning into Brett Favre real quick. Yeah, and like old Brett Favre. Not yeah. like peak Brett Favre where the high – like, the highs are high still, but, like, the lows are real – like, dangerously low dangerously right like, low, yeah. you want to like kind of find a balance there he reminds me a lot of james winston where it's not quite that extreme yet but it's very very close to that level of like one play you're like wow what a throw and then the next play you're like oh what, what was that read what why'd you make throw? that throw well, right yeah. so yeah so i think i think we've got to see some kind of stabilization out of him of like maybe the highs aren't as high but the lows can't be that low you know what yeah. I mean? if we can kind of find a middle ground and because I think it, it, it's showing that Dayball not only lifted him, but kept him under control, right? Didn't allow him to make mistakes. Didn't ask a, too much of him all the time. And I think mm-hmm. that's ultimately what's what's uh, what we're kind of seeing rear its head now. Yeah, and we're seeing it around the NFL a lot. Like these teams that have good offensive coordinators leave for other jobs. And you realize that, man, this defensive head coach is great and all. And we're having a lot of success, but our offense is now struggling because we just let our young OC go because he got another head coaching job or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Obviously like Kel Moore didn't get a head coaching job, but like things of that nature, right? Like it's, we may start seeing them punished. Like I think the lions are going to be one of those teams this off season. They're going to be punished by it. When Ben Johnson goes to get that, that head coach job, like I don't know what this lion's offense is going to look like at that point, you know? Yeah. So no idea why I left the, the Dolphins and Chargers off this list. I don't. I don't know. I mean, they both got to play worse. I think. I don't know. Weird that I did that, but uh, semantics. You brought that up. You you you, you said Kellen Moore, and then it clicked in my head. I was like, man, why didn't I put that in here at all? But um, I don't know. Way it goes sometimes here. But 
That's going to wrap up better, worse, the same. Again, this is just a week one reaction. I wanted to kind of test the water, see how it felt. Probably won't be doing this every week. Uh, it's a good way to cover a lot of teams, get to talk about some stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, Overall talk about feelings. Teams we don't talk about, yeah. Yeah, talk, talk about some different teams. So probably probably won't see this every week, um, but it's just it's just fun. Um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good way to kind of, uh, yeah, get to talk about some different stuff here. So now we're going to jump into everyone's favorite segment, the longest standing segment on the show, I believe. Uh, yeah, no, definitely besides headlines, um, which yeah. everyone talks about headlines. So who cares? Pump the brakes. Um, it's back here. I've written some spicy ones this week. So yeah, I was reading them. We got some stuff to talk about here. So. So this is this is going to be, you know, this is the meat and potatoes of the show here. So um, first one I got for you, Jordan Love or Brock Purdy will be in top five of the MVP voting at the end of the season. Oh, when I first read that, I heard I, I read Jordan Love and Brock Purdy and I was like, well, that's an easy no, because there's no effing way that both of them get in there. I might have changed it. I might have changed one that of them because it was, it was one of hard. them. Uh, I do think I'm not going to pump the brakes. Honestly, like I think, wow. I think if Purdy is health, if watching what we saw week one, Purdy plays 17 games, and the numbers that he's going to put up, and again, you can sit here and debunk it, and you can look at it like, oh, this, that, Kyle Shanahan weapons, this, that, defense, whatever. At the end of the day, the MVP is about numbers. That's what we're going to look at, right? The storylines obviously matter in these things. They do have some big primetime games that they're going to have. I think they play Kansas City and Jacksonville in the regular season and Philly. So, like, they're going to be put through the ringer a bit, you know, and um, we're going to see if he can come out on the, the other side high. But, like, um, to be honest with you, and this is – don't take this as a quarterback comparison. Think of this more as, like, a scheme and why Pittsburgh looks so bad against San Fran week one because they did the same thing that they did with Tom Brady every game. My parents are huge Steelers fans, and obviously being a division team, they're one of the teams that I watch all the time. I cannot tell you how many times I wanted to pull my hair out watching Mike Tomlin play against Tom Brady and thinking, oh, we'll just sit zone coverage. The whole game, we're just going to play zone. And you're like, man, Shane Vereen just caught his 13th nine-yard dump route in this game and being like, we're going to stick in zone. And that's exactly it. Brock Purdy sat there and diced him up all day long. It's almost like you stick a great offensive line in front of a quarterback and just say, hey, man, don't make mistakes, right? We're looking at Brady yeah. and like, hey, man, don't make mistakes. We're going to go win this football game. And that's what they did. Like, Yeah, that's what they're good at too. Yeah, so. and yeah, and that's, that's always been a problem that I've had with Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh is that he's very steadfast and like, this is the game plan. This is what we're going to do. This is the game plan. We're like, all right, coach, we're down 24 to 7 at halftime. What's the game plan? We're like, the game plan's the same thing that led us to a 24-7 deficit. We're not going to change it. And I'm like, that's not good coaching, but okay, get shredded by Tom Brady for the 14th time in a row. Thumbs up. Thank God you've never had a losing season, Mike Tomlin. So the reason I put these two quarterbacks in here specifically was because I think the fan bases of these teams after watching week one, both think these guys are top 10 quarterback. And to be honest with you, I don't know if these guys have the talent of a top 15 quarterback realistically. Um, I think Jordan love wasn't asked to do much and it showed, right. He was, he was able to get a lot out of it. I think, um, for me, this answered more questions about Matt LaFleur as a head coach than it did about Jordan Love. Um, cause I think Matt LaFleur showed that, Hey, I'm a, I'm a good coach, right? Like I, I, I think 
if if a team like fires a head coach and Matt LaFleur gets fired and they pick him up and they've got a young quarterback, I'd feel really good about that at this point because of this fact. But um, Jordan Love wasn't asked to do much. And honestly, neither was Brock Purdy. Right. They we talked about it earlier. They ran the rock on uh, Pittsburgh pretty well. So. I'm very curious when that element gets taken away for both of these teams. What does that look like? Cause Aaron Jones was just a beast for Jordan love at the same time. Right. Yeah. So yeah. we're, we're back into this conversation of Jimmy Garoppolo esque, right? Like both these guys have really good defenses. Green Bay has got a, a top 10 defense. San Francisco's got a top five defense for sure. Um, both these guys have really great running backs and they take a lot of the pressure off of them, right? Like you, when you have that, when you just have that, it makes life easy. So, um, and I, I'm not, I'm not saying it's impossible that these guys sneak in. I just don't know how sustainable it is because I just don't think their talents there. And I think we're seeing the, I think we're seeing it a bit in in Minnesota, like you said. Like right, we're not asking these quarterbacks to do a lot. We're running the ball a lot. Minnesota was able to do that. They had Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison are lean on the run game. No Dalvin Cook. Alexander Madison's here. We're 0-2, you know. So it, it might be a factor there as well. Even, obviously, different stages of their careers, different levels of quarterback. Kirk, obviously a top 15 talent-wise guy, but no run game to rely on. All of a sudden, the Vikings are, you know, 0-2 this year. So yeah. Comes at you quick here. Next one I got. <laughs> Uh, the Broncos will be a bottom 10 team this season. I want to, I was like, let me pull up the, try to see top bottom 10, huh? bottom, bottom 10. 10. Yeah. Bottom 10. So I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to pump the brakes here. Um, I think it'll be close. You know, I don't think they're a slam dunk bottom 10 team. Um, but when it comes down to getting into the weeds, you know, week 14 and on, those games are coming down, being close. We're going to see if they're going to be – are they going to be bottom 12 or are they going to be bottom eight? You know, I think yeah. they're around that range where I think they definitely could sneak yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, it just kind of depends, you know, like if Seattle plays to where you're at, where you're thinking they are, right, maybe, you know, New England could push for a postseason spot. Yeah, they're probably going to be a bottom 10 team in this league. But um, it's, it's funny to me because I think – Seattle still has their pick this year. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Um, And it's crazy to think about because you're like, man, could Seattle, you know, let's say they make the playoffs and Gino, you know, is getting a little older, maybe not playing the way. Is this the year they go out and get, you know, like does Shador Sanders fall to like a Seattle at, at Denver's pick? You know what I mean? And then he can sit for a year behind Gino. Like scary one. Could they get, you know, does Drake may like, does somebody fall in love shooter Sanders and Drake may fall to him? Does like they have Seattle's put themselves in such a good spot to build the team. I love it when teams do this. I really, I really do. It's probably the team with the most valuable pick. That's not theirs. Second, most valuable pick. That's not theirs outside of uh, Arizona having Houston's pick this year. It's probably the only pick that where I'm like, that's the one that I want. That's not mine. (laughs) Yeah. It's that's, that's a whole nother, I mean, we can open that basket. That's a whole, like, what do you do? Like, do you, if you have like pick two and three, do you take a quarterback and then just turn around and take, uh, you know, Marvin Harrison jr. Like, I, they, they, they I get, don't think that's crazy in my opinion. Like, they, they might get the best quarterback and then the best non quarterback in this draft class. Like that's like, that's insanity. 100% possible. And I think 
And I'm not gonna, I think Houston's going to kick themselves a bit because you're talking about a team that needs a receiver. Talk about a quarterback who has a little bit of experience with Martin Harris Jr. Like, I mean, that would have worked so well. But but you sit here and yeah, that's true. That's that's that is crazy to think. And then about. they sold it for Will Anderson, you know. Well, and the crazy thing is, is you could almost say the same thing about Houston this last year. They got a top two quarterback and probably the best non quarterback position. True. But the but the difference is is CJ Stroud probably would have been the fourth, fifth, maybe the sixth quarterback in next year's draft class. And I know this is like early, very yeah. early on, right? Like I'm I'm gonna acknowledge that. Maybe not. Maybe CJ Stroud might end up being the fourth or third guy in that in this next year's draft class. But I promise you, no matter what CJ Stroud would have done this college football season, he would have been behind Caleb Williams. He and he would have been behind Drake May. Yeah. Like if either one of those guys could come out last year, they would have been they probably would have been the first pick. Like both of those guys, I think. Yeah. Um and so they did they did something that I think is really cool to get that, you know, one and one or two and one. Uh, the second best quarterback and the first best non, but they did it in the wrong draft class. Like that's the, that's the issue is like, wait one more draft class. And then you're like, Oh, that's a genius move. And Arizona might look like geniuses because of it. Yeah. And the, and that's the thing. It's like, how does Arizona handle it? Right. Kyler Murray's here. We just drafted a tackle to kind of, and I think they played it because the options are wide open, right? They yeah. have two, two great shots at either of the quarterbacks, just in case they're not feeling it with Kyler. Whether they're feeling it with Kyler or not, Paris Johnson is a great pick because what do you need in front of your quarterback? I need a great offensive line, so right, yeah. let me go get. There's another Ohio State guy right there too, in Paris Johnson. So, I mean, the the Cardinals are set up very well going to the offseason. You know, as much as we're sitting here and like, man, this team sucks, they stink. The Giants are going to steamroll them next year, man. It's it's not going to flip on its head, obviously, but. The, the most interesting thing that's come out of this Aaron Rodgers industry in injury to me is um, Kyler Murray trade midseason. Cause like what's Kyler Murray's value to New York. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. To Jets? Like his wow. value at most, like a, a second at most does. Yeah, it's so ridiculously low, but at the yeah. same time, like again, you're never actually trading for what the player is. If, you know. if if he's if it's week six, right, and they're like, man, we're not gonna play him. Like we're we're gonna just tank. Does the Jets offer like a third and a six for him and bring him on? And then you go, Okay, we hope we're just gonna ask Aaron to like hang it up or we'll try to trade Aaron to get that money off our cap and we're gonna still go for it this season. Like yeah. that's a really interesting conundrum. Like the it money is. part doesn't make any sense for, for that team. Cause for either have, team. Yeah. Yeah. But, um but also, I, I I think Kyler probably gets chewed up and spit out by the New York media pretty quick. If yeah, I had to guess, true. I can only imagine the Call of Duty centered headlines that the <laughs> New York Times would be running each week. Um, he wouldn't. He wouldn't last in New York. You're right. No, but I mean, it is an interesting one. You're not wrong because again, like it's hard to look at it from Kyler's perspective and be against that at this point. I get to leave Arizona. Yeah. I get to go to New York. You know, I get to play in MetLife. They have a great team. I have a superstar receiver in Garrett Wilson. I have two superstar running backs. I have a better O-line here than I ever had in Arizona. Literally everything is better. Yeah, Literally everything is better in New York than it is in Arizona right now. Now, would he be cheating himself out of what the Cardinals could be in two or three years? Possibly. But there's also a possibility. Yeah, they replace him anyways. They don't want you. Yeah, that that you're not part of those plans anyways. You know, so – 
that the heights that they reach are because of the quarterback that they're going to replace you with. Let me let me ask you this. This is this is really interesting to me. Okay, let's say let's uh, let's just pretend he's coming back week six. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kyler Murray is the Cardinals are one in five. Does he have more trade value if he doesn't play versus if he does play? I think now, I haven't I, seen him on a football field in like two years. Yeah, a year and a half or whatever. I think he has more value if he doesn't tr- doesn't play because again, the rust that you're going to see in those first two weeks before the be deadline brutal. are probably going to tank your value more than they're going to help, especially well, behind the talentless team that you're going to be playing around. The team's so bad that it's like, yeah, it's yeah. not even interesting. You're playing on a bad team and trying to shake the rust off yourself and get ready. Yeah, I think yeah, it goes down. And again, I don't know why you trot him out there for one and five. I really don't. Like, I get it. Either he's a competitor, he wants to play football. Cool, man. I want you to play football for another, you know, ten years, not for the next two, because you got fucking destroyed by whatever this garbage can of five guys that we call an offensive line that's standing in front of you right now. It's it's a really interesting. Like again, we talked about who did we talk about earlier that we said? Sorry. Oh, Cleveland was really interesting for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, Arizona is really interesting for all the wrong reasons. Like they're going to be bad, right? Right they're now, strong. right now yeah. they're bad, right? So they're not going to even be interesting to watch. It's just going to be interesting to see what they do because mm-hmm. we talk we talk a lot about team building, right? And we've I've raved for years about the way the Eagles do it, right? They end up getting like all these guys because they're just so smart with what they do with their first round picks. And mm-hmm. and then you look at other teams, you're like, OK, that was a smart move, but you weren't able to get it right with Kyler. So like if I'm Caleb Williams, do I think about going back if I'm going to get drafted in Arizona? Because it's like they couldn't ever fix it for Kyler. Yeah, and, and the thing the thing that the Cardinals have to look at as well is like, I mean, we've seen some, you know, the. People are already going. I don't even remember who they hired. Well, I don't remember his name. I remember who they hired. But um, Shane Steichen. No, that's Indy. That's Indianapolis. Oh. Oh. Is it? It's not. Is it Gannon? I want to. John. Yeah, John Gannon. Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon? Gannon. Yeah, I was gonna say Rich Gannon, but that's there's wrong. a Jonathan ton Gannon. of guys that are clowning him on social media, like the whole like you have a fire in your belly speech and everything. Like, yeah, it was weird. I like team, obviously, like there's nobody in that organization that's going to be like, wow, two games in, I really regret bringing this guy in as my head coach. But like it comes into it, man, because if you have Nathaniel Hackett at the helm and, you know, or a guy of that, you know, that proportionally bad. Yeah. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Kyler Murray or fucking reincarnation of Dan Marino it doesn't matter. Like you're going to suck. We, so we, we've talked about this a lot. You can be a great coordinator, but a terrible head coach at the same time. Like that's very possible. Your offensive so. coordinator is the perfect example of that. Well, no, I disagree, but I actually no, I do disagree with you because you also could be a great coach and a horrible member of the front office, and that's yeah, what Bill O'Brien. Bill is. O'Brien's a. I think Bill O'Brien's a good head coach in the I NFL. Think he's a good head he's coach a and a horrible GM. The, maybe the worst GM ever. Like it he could be, be he could be the worst GM ever. So yeah, like if. It, like if Bill retired next year and they're like, yeah, Bill O'Brien's replacing him. I'm like, cool. Who's the GM? Like, are we going out and signing somebody? Can we go Keep get his one ass of the, out of the front office? Yeah. Can we get one of the Philly guys? Can we go sign one of them and bring them over to be the yeah. GM? Like you're going to yeah. look at your roster after a while and you're gonna be like, somehow we lost Judon and all these guys. <laughs> we didn't get a single first back. Yeah, Just like, like what happened? Yeah. yeah. They lost to Sean. Did they, did Sean get traded to Sean Watson? 
Yeah. Yeah, 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 he got traded. Yeah. Was it firsts? Was it first yeah. round picks? I think it was like three three first round picks, something like that. Yeah. Bill O'Brien let DeAndre Hopkins and JJ Watt out of Houston, didn't get a first round back for him. So and Jadavion Clowney for that fact. Not that he's worth a first, but all three of those guys, zero first round picks in return. That is uh that is pretty bad. Pretty bad. But he had that he had a Texas team of twelve and four. <laughs> he's responsible for the greatest season in Texans history. Yeah, three a, first. The 2022, 2023, 2024 first. Sorry. So they've still got a first this year coming in from that deal. Yeah. Which is crazy. How did they get the 20? Oh, that was that would have been their that pick that year. That okay. year. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then and then he played part of last year. And then yeah, they got this year's pick too. So um yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to watch. Um so we'll see how this plays out. And Denver is kind of in the opposite situation, right? Where it's like, how, like, what do you do? Like, you're just stuck with Russell Wilson. and Bad quarterback, no draft capital. But again, it's, it's, it is the complete inverse because we have a great head coach. I'm not worried about a quarterback wanting to play here. I'm worried about being able to get one here. Like, yeah. whereas Arizona is like, we've got one and we can get one. I don't know if we've got the guy that coaches him, you know? So... Yeah, I don't know. You know, maybe Arizona just ponies up, be like, "Hey, how about we trade you Jonathan Gannon and and pick two for uh, Sean Payton? How about that?" Oh, Denver? they have their first this year. Who? I didn't realize that Denver does. Denver does. Yeah, twenty twenty two and then twenty twenty three was the first that they traded. So last year's and then two two seconds was like the twenty twenty two and then the twenty twenty three. Huh. The 2023 first are not this year's first, right? It'd be the 24 first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. 24 first are coming up, yeah. Yeah, so they're out of that. They're out of the Rizzo's. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. So it might be it might be more possible than we realize. Still, yeah. be, I mean, how awkward is that that you go out? Like, let's they draft Shador Sanders. Like, how awkward is that for Russell Wilson to be either his backup or the bridge guy? Like, that's weird. I agree. It is super weird. And I don't know if that's a guy that I would want to keep. There's some guys that are like, yes, you are a bridge level quarterback, but I don't know if your personality is worth me bridging. And, you know, True. I'd rather just cut you loose, go get Jacoby Brissett for a year and have him be my fucking bridge guy. <laughs> like, well, the hardest part, too, is if you cut him, it's like you can't rebuild that team. It puts you in such a bad spot. Like horrible spot cap wise. You're we always talk about like Super Bowl windows or teams that have rookie quarterbacks that play great, that you pay everybody else around their window then goes from that to a quarterback on a rookie contract. And the extra money is just paying the dead cap for Russell Wilson. Yeah. It's 2025 is the first year they could get out. So, Oh no, 2026. Sorry. That's how long out it is. That's crazy. Uh, and in 2026, it'd be a $31.2 million dead cap hit. So, because you, yeah, you basically eat the 26 salary and then 27, 28 is basically nothing. So, yeah, long. I mean, you're stuck with them at least this year, next year, and the year after. So, it'll be interesting to see. All right, back to prompt the breaks. That was an interesting tangent, but. Interesting and long. Interesting and long. That's how we do it. Okay. Two is a real threat for MVP this year. Um, this is tough. I can't believe that I'm sitting here thinking about this. I, I think that's the part that blows me away a bit more than some is that I'm sitting here like genuinely giving some thought here. Um, 
I'm not going to pump the brakes. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't think there's a runaway candidate this year, mainly because I do think now I think the NBA is a bit more media driven around it, right? Like they usually kind of crown their guy at the beginning of the year, and as long as that guy doesn't suck, that's the guy that usually gets the MVP in the NBA. It's just how it is. Um, nobody is a clear front runner. Nobody's running away with it. And he had a fantastic week one, you know, 466 with three touchdowns, no picks. Like, I mean, his health is obviously the question. He cannot take any big hits or anything like that. But with how talented the offense is, with a good head coach, a good offensive head coach, and and a need to score points, right? I don't think their defense is great by any stretch. So when you look at that game against the Chargers, like, hey, man, we might need a 40-piece to get out of here with a win and he's able to deliver, those numbers are only going to boost kind of going on. Sometimes your MVP case gets hurt because you're not playing as much, right? Like, yeah, I think it's still a little crazy to me that Lamar was able to win a unanimous MVP because there was, I want to say, at least two or three games and I, that he set out the fourth, and there was two games where he didn't play – or there's two, yeah, there's two or three games where he just didn't play the fourth, right? So, like, you're just – shaving quarters off, right? Your numbers are going down. Other guys are playing and you're not. But Tua has a chance to really go out there and really put up, you know, like I don't think it's out of the realm for him to throw for 5,000 yards this year. I don't don't think, think, I I don't think it's crazy either. I really well on pace for it. He's already, he's he's already ahead of pace for it. So, I mean, we're one weekend again, but I think if he is able to stay healthy, I think he's, he's a legit threat. He has to be a legit threat in order to, to get up there. So, um, I don't, I don't think this is crazy. I just think the health is the biggest question with him. So, yeah. um, we're actually, we're going to save the rest of these, um, yeah. for next week. We're, we're a little tight on time. I want to get into bets. I don't want to feel like we're, we're oh, overstretching shit. ourselves here. So I'm going to save these three for next week. They'll all be, none of them were, you know, time sensitive necessarily to, uh, to this week. So. Okay. I'll, I'm going to make sure we save them. So we're going to get into our bets of the week here. Um, if you or a loved one uh, knows anyone who's struggling with a gambling addiction, contact the Problem Gambling Helpline at 800-522-4700. Professionals are available 24 hours a day to take your call. Help is available at no cost to the problem gambler or their concerned others. So if you're struggling with it, you know, reach out, get some help. We do it for fun. Um, you and I hot start, hot start to the season. Yeah, man. I think going down to four, going down to three picks was really, really smart. Um, I'll run through how I did last week. You can run through how you did, okay. and then we'll then we'll give our picks for the week here. Um, I'm partially, I'm gonna have you run through all three of yours, all three of mine, uh, mainly because I'm gonna try to turn them into a TikTok. So, okay. um, but last week I went two and one. Um, I had the Jags minus four and a half versus the Colts. I thought that was pretty safe. That definitely hit. Um, Broncos, I had took Broncos minus three and a half versus the Raiders. Obviously did not hit Raiders won that game. I had the Rams versus Seahawks under 46 and a half that, that snuck in. That one was pretty close. Yeah. I think that one was like three points under. Um, I kind of thought it was going to be lower scoring than a lot of people thought. So two and one for me, not, not a bad week at all. Uh, how'd you do last week? Uh, I did uh, San Fran minus two and a half versus Pittsburgh. Obviously slapped that one with a 23 point win. Philly minus four versus New England. A lot more of a sweat than I thought it should have been, but yeah. they did cover that game. And then a Baltimore and Houston under 43 and a half. A good 3 and 0 start to the season for me. So I am not yeah. going to complain at all about that. Definitely will take that. Um, it's I'm funny. Gonna try to, 
I'm gonna try to ruin it this week. So <laughs> I'm going for. Um, we earlier Owen sent me the book it with Trent, and he took the Vikings uh, plus six and a half tonight versus the the Did Eagles. That cover actually it covered by half that half a point. Wow. They won 28 34. So wow. he texted me too. He says biggest fade of the year and it actually covered. So that's, that's actually nuts. I mean, yeah, the six and a half is a tough one to get. I mean, you got to get a full touchdown yeah. on the team, but I'll give it to him. They had that late score that they covered we, that. We talk about this so much that like people are like, Oh, six and a half. It's a touchdown. Like I'm like, like I will sit there and go, God, I hate if this line was three versus three and a half, I'd like it so much better. 100%. And people are always like, like who, like, why would you care that much? I'm like, it matters. Like it is such it a, big, like it's so stupid how close some of these games are. Like if people would sit down and understand that almost every team, like about half or so, like I think on league average is about half of every NFL game is a one score game. Yeah. If you took Minnesota plus seven, you lose. Yeah. Minnesota plus six and a half, you win. You know, like Wait, that is. No, no, no. If you took Minnesota plus six, you lose. You, you take them plus six plus and a six. half, they win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can grab it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I understood what you're saying. But like, yeah, most any, of these games are one score games. Yeah. And anytime that you're within a half a point of either seven or three, you get a little shaky because obviously that's probably going to be your most likely outcome along the way is, you know, those field goal wins, the touchdown wins, things of that nature. So. Those are the risky lines that you kind of have to play with. But I felt like obviously a lot of the lines were razor thin last week. And I think we were just, you know, you're able yeah. to kind of take advantage of. I I knew with without a shadow of a doubt that San Francisco was better than a three-point win over Pittsburgh, no matter how well coached they were. Did I expect 30 to 7? No. I damn sure expected a three-point win in that game. Well, the other thing you got to like bear in mind too, this is like, you'll notice Owen and I specifically very rarely bet on our own teams, right? Yeah, we try not to. We try not to because you have to take emotion out of out of the bet. And it's hard when it's your team because you always believe there's there's always this like, no matter what percentage of it is. Attitude, yeah. yeah, like there's just this slight belief in your head that your team is better than they actually are. Um, and I think week one, like the first couple of weeks, you see a lot of it, right? Like there was a lot of hype around Pittsburgh. Like yeah. that's why that line was like in reality, like talent wise, that line's ridiculous, right? You sit here on paper, like what a, what a crazy two and a half. <laughs> what? Like, when you have Colin Cowherd, like you have all these talking heads, like be like, Oh, watch out. Pittsburgh could be a playoff. Team. Like you hear all this hype all year. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like the money starts flowing that way. And everyone's like, what is, what is happening? And then like, I was buying it a little bit. I was like, man, Pittsburgh could be good this year. You got to capitalize on it. Yeah. And again, that was just one of the ones where it was, there's nothing against Pittsburgh. I got nothing against them. I do think they're going to be good. I think I had them finishing at seven or eight wins this year. Yeah. San Francisco was just way too good to be close. Yeah. Close to them. There's not, there's not a positional group of skill that I think Pittsburgh is better. Like out of the skill positions, I don't think Pittsburgh's better. Like I think wide receiver, I'd take San Francisco. Running back, I'd take San Francisco. Corner, I'd probably lean San Francisco. Like safety, I think is like the first, like if you take out the fronts ever. Yeah. Like I think safety is the only group that I would take Pittsburgh. So you take front seven out of it and you're like, yeah, that ain't even really that close. And then you talk about front seven and it's, it's kind of a wash. You know what I mean? Cam Hayward's, Cam Hayward's great. But like, even, even if you overrate him and make Cam Cam Hayward's like the number one front seven guy, the next six spots are 49ers guys. Well, you're forgetting TJ Watt. Oh yeah, TJ Watt. Duh. Yeah, so you'd have you'd have TJ okay. Watt and Nick Bosa are kind of like yeah 
however you want to argue that, like you're talking like one A that's, and like one AA. Like you know, it's not not that it's not different. even one A one B. Yeah, it's there's two different play styles there. I think I lean TJ Watt in that, but it's just because he could do more. If you want an edge rusher, I take Nick Bosa. Yeah, right? so like, but also yeah. TJ Watt had 22 and a half sacks. So that's here we are. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like we could sit here all day and like yeah, like Spit you it. get and then Cam Hayward versus uh, Hardgrave, and you're like. That kind of cancels out, and then it's like ah, uh, you got Trent Williams, but then Pittsburgh's always got a decent offense. Like yeah, you get I don't to know. the linebackers, and it just yeah, it's uh, yeah, and then it's still a tough argument, right? So like front seven, you can just say cancels out, but then you look at the positional groups, and it's all San Francisco from Keep there. Me and so. the disc. Yeah, I can see my camera shaking. I've got to like I, I'm a hand talker, but I talk a lot of times on the desk below the camera. Mm. So like the camera is shaking because my hands are moving, but they're not on camera. So I don't know like, how loud it is, but it's definitely like the third time I've smacked my knee on this desk so far. It's not bad, at least to okay. me. That's We're going to get like 35 comments now. I'm, saying I'm, how, I'm how sacrificing comfort to get rid of the squeaky chair. Okay, so... Yeah, I I still have to fix the squeaky chair problem, but I mean I haven't heard it, so hopefully hopefully the fans don't hear it at all either. Yeah, so we haven't even given our picks yet, have we? No, we haven't. <laughs> I don't know how we got distracted with whatever. Oh, we we're talking about gambling advice. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so jumping back into this, um, my three picks for the week are Falcons minus one and a half versus Packers. I think we talked a little bit about the Jordan Love over hype here. Um, I'm also a Falcons believer, but I think that's just it's. It's basically a pick them at that point. Yeah. Yeah, Money line at one and a half. So um, I'll take the Falcons to eat that points. I just think they're slightly more explosive. And I also think Jordan love had the benefit of playing against a bad secondary last week and, and benefited from that where I think the Falcons were good just because they were able to run the ball. That's the strength Um, of their defense is the secondary is the secondary. So I think the, yeah, the, the one category the Falcons are good at is their secondary. So I think Jordan love struggles a little bit more, comes back down to earth. So I think there's just too much hype around the Packers here. Um, Bucks minus two and a half versus the bears. Um, This is again, this is like such a weird moment, but I think it's going to be a close game. I really do. I think it's going to be like a field goal or touchdown type game. And this is, I can't believe I'm about to say this out loud, but I trust Baker Mayfield more in a one score game than I do Justin Fields right now. And I'm not saying it's all Justin Fields fall. I think it's the team around him. I think it's the coaching around him. Um, weapons wise, it's pretty similar. I just think maybe the bucks have a slightly better defense. Yeah. Tampa's defense has got to show up. I think that's the big thing. Cause yeah. if this turns into a shootout, I might lean bears just cause I think that they're going to be able to grind out a couple of the longer possessions and kind of get there. But yeah, if Tampa's defense comes to play, I do think you're right. I think it's going to be a real good, real good I, one. I think this is a close one. And and again, if this line is three, I probably don't take this game. Like that's what we were talking about earlier. The two and a half makes yeah. me go. I think I can stomach that for for the Bucks here. Um, man, I hate picking teams on the road, but I picked two of them. Um, other one I got 49ers versus Rams. I've got the over 45. Um it just feels like a game. Like again, we just saw San Francisco put up 40 and the Rams defense is horrendously bad. Like they are yeah. a lot worse than Pittsburgh. That's for a lot worse sure. than Pittsburgh. So I don't think the Rams are going to maybe put up as many points as they did, but I, I'm anticipating them putting up 17. Um, or like, I'm sorry. They give you a cool 14. I mean, you're yeah, probably there. They, 
they put up a cool 14 and I think the 49ers are score 35. I think that, you know what I mean? They easily could score 40 this game. Like that wouldn't be out of the realm there. So I, that's why I like the over at 45. I was kind of, I couldn't tell. Sometimes I think it's a bait pick whenever I see that, because it's like that line just felt too low. Feels like that line should be at 50. So 50, 51, um, yeah. and we typically see this, this is a trend. You'll see Vegas set lines too low and then the overs hit early in the season and then they overreact. And later in the season, you got to take under. So I I do like I do like the over here. All right. So three picks for you this week. Um, I've got the Chargers minus three versus Tennessee. Again, not a huge fan of the three line there, but I do think that this team, again, not as drastic as San Francisco and Pittsburgh as week one. But again, I think the Chargers are clear cut favorites here. I don't think this game should be close. I think it should be a touchdown six-point game. I think they should be able to cover minus three pretty well. If they don't, I'm going to drive to SoFi and fire Brandon Staley myself. Um, <laughs> uh, I have uh, riding with the Niners again, San Francisco. I have a minus seven versus the Rams. Now, again, not a fan of where the, the points draw on that one at seven. But, again, you just talked about it. Like, this team – it's just too damn good for a seven-point line, in my opinion, to a team that squeaked it out against Seattle. And again, we are talking about them earlier. Where are the Rams going to struggle? Good pass rushes. Guess what Guess what? San Francisco has? Probably the best or the second-best pass rush in the game. True. You know, they're going to be getting after Stafford all day long. And if Nakua's out, no Cooper Cup, no guy that you had 15 targets to out of nowhere last week, you're left with 2-2 Atwell and – and God knows what else on your offensive side of the ball. So yeah, it's gonna be again, rough. I'm not a fan of where the money. So like, if you can get a six and a half and a two and a half in here, go for it. Like I, I like mm-hmm. that a little bit more. Give yourself the half point shave. But um, my last pick, I have Detroit and Seattle under 47 and a half. Um, what, The thing that I think breaks this is if the Lions offense wakes up and kind of Ben Johnson can kick back to Jared Goff of last year, right, between 400 yard passing, and the offense really gets to cooking, which they might. Uh, They might against Seattle's defense. You know, that's really the only thing I'm kind of worried here. But when I look at it, I don't think Detroit's offense is good enough to go out and do what you're thinking the Niners are going to do, right, where they just go out and they're able to get 30 to 35 of it by themselves. And I think their defense is going to be flying around against Seattle enough to kind of hold both of these teams to around the 20 mark. And I think 47 and a half is a little too high. If this is like 44, 45, I'm not as confident about it, but 47 just feels a little high to me. Um, so those are my three picks unofficially off the record, your lock of the week. If you can get it right now where it's at before the injury report posts, Cincinnati minus three versus Baltimore. I hate to say it, it crushes my soul. And again, I'm not going to sit here and bet against my own team because it's just, just bad for business. You know, I'm just, mm-hmm. it's just not good to do bias in or aside. Um, Baltimore is currently down their two best members of their secondary. They're down their two of the three best offensive linemen. Mark Andrews still didn't practice as of Thursday, and J.K. Dobbins is out for the year. So. They are banged up to all get out. Joe Burrow is coming off a week where he threw for 83 passing yards against another division rival. They are going to be hungry as all get out. And I think Cincinnati, unfortunately, Joe Burrow gets another another week of practice squad corners against Baltimore, and I think they're probably going to take advantage of it. So I'm not a fan of that one. I wouldn't touch the over-under there because – 
Traditionally, AFC North under is a very, very safe bet. But the two times that it hasn't hit against Cincinnati in the last two years, it's because they scored 40-plus by themselves. So I would kind of stay away from that because they might run the score up. But Cincinnati minus three, if you could still get it there with the injuries that Baltimore is going to be having, is probably a pretty solid bet. I just I don't have the the stomach to make it an official pick for the week. So there we go. No. All right. Well, we're an hour fifty five in. If you've made it this far, we greatly appreciate you. Uh, well, check yourself bet. into a mental hospital. All right. I don't yeah. know how you made it here, but it's. Yeah. If uh, we definitely we definitely appreciate it. Uh, feel free to again. All of our social media was at the beginning there. Yeah. If you if you if you enjoy it this much, feel free to pass it on to a friend who you think might like it this much. But you got anything else you want to say to these people? Yeah, like we said, Red Zone Talk on Instagram. We're getting the TikTok going. You can still get to me on Twitter, right? Fan questions, any segments you want to hear, let us know what you thought about the new game. You know, better, better, worse, or the same this week as well, right? Maybe we need to beef up, pump the brakes, right? Let us know. We're we're all for the constructive criticism and and otherwise. So um that's gonna do it for episode five we'll see you guys next week for episode six until then stay safe stay healthy we'll see you then